That's Berger with the women. He's mine. Hey, Maddie, where's wife? Right behind you, Stillwell. All right, Clanton. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. You see that? It says United States Marshal. What? Please don't kill me. Please. Take a good look at him, Ike. Because that's how you're going to end up. The cowboys are finished. You understand me? I see a red sash. I kill my man wearing it. So run, you curse. Uh, Red! Tell all the other curs the line's coming! You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Don't take me, bro! and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of October, in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for being there. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. I know the Don't Taze Me Bro thing may have ever so slightly blunted the impact of Kurt Russell screaming out, I'm coming and hell's coming with me, but... I just had sort of a, just a gut sense last night. He just, he just, when I was assembling, I just cried out to be done. Uh, all right. Why, hello. It's uh, 503. I'm sorry. Doing a thing there. Here's what just happened. Did you re-stick your finger in your mouth? No. Okay. No, I didn't. But Sarah can, as Sarah can tell you, I have this whole, uh, I have this Howard Hughesian thing. Where I'll see specks of dust on the counter. That's what they just. Well, not so much dust as there little bits of food and skin and whatever else it might be. I don't be. know that that's true. I think I prefer to think of it as just dust. But I'll see individual specks of dust on the counter that suddenly obsess me, and I have to get rid of them or I can't continue with the program. They'll just they'll somehow be in my field of vision, and I have to uh, I have to get rid of them or else everything just grinds to a halt inside my head. And so what do I do? Like every human being, what do I what do I immediately do? I I, I will uh, dab my finger on my lip and then reach down, you know, to pick them or get rid of them. 
So just as I was giving out the phone number, that sort of ran headlong into my urge to pick up the speck of dust off the counter. So that when I mangled the number just now, what you heard was me actually going and sticking my finger in my mouth. At the same time that a wholly separate part of my brain was trying to give out the phone number. That was uh, two large portions of my head that were not speaking with each other right there. It was a whole, uh, like some sort of mental Amtrak collision. Try it again. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to uh, weigh in on today's program with your comments, your clarifications, your questions, your two cents, your what have you. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Scotty J is standing by, ready, willing, and able. Uh, happy as a dog in a freshly cut lawn. Uh, to pass along your uh, observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the whatever. It's 503 You want to email, you can do that as well. Uh, it is uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. You can also uh, email everybody else. It is uh, tim at 970.am, scottyj at 970.am, or sarah at uh, 970.am. It's 503 uh, all right. Oh, and as previously noted, I think we were talking about this yesterday. I know that you all, if you didn't hear us talking about the don't tase me bro thing, I think that was in the final hour of yesterday's show, and it's a thing that everybody else in the world, we're sort of still lagging a week behind everybody in terms, we still have, we haven't even played the thing of Paris Hilton crying on David Letterman, which is apparently fantastic. I think Scotty said that he isolated the audio of that down. Is that true? Did you put that in the, is that in the folder? The, um, yeah, we're just, we're, it, all right. Is it just called Paris? Is it Paris Hilton 2? Is that what this is here? Is this Paris Hilton 2 dot wave? Is that the thing where, where she's on with... Uh, it must be. Well, let me drag it up here and see. It's only 27 seconds long. It can't be that. Well, I'll look for it. Anyway, so apparently Paris Hilton just... Uh, just blubbered like a baby uh, on David Letterman on Friday, which is fantastic. So we'll play that later on. Uh, it's three minutes. Okay, yeah, just let me know where it is. Anyway, so the don't tase me bro thing, everybody else is um, everybody else has probably discovered that, listened to it, grown tired of it, and moved on from it. We have just recently discovered it. Uh, so we're going to continue to flog that uh, like a baby seal all the way through the end of the week. It's 503-733-2970 today. Uh, it is High Concept Thursday, so we'll talk more about that later. First of all, we, uh, let's see, we got Ed McCarthy coming up today. Ed McCarthy will be uh, joining us. We'll talk to Bob Costantini uh, as well, and we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop in Los Angeles, where Britney Spears, who apparently didn't even show up to the custody hearing yesterday, I guess while Kevin Federline and I, we were all very distracted yesterday. Yesterday was just sort of an odd day. In many, many ways. Yesterday was some sort of a weird... It was like one of those um, fruitcakes you get at Christmas. And it, the thing about the Christmas fruitcake is... There are things inside a Christmas... And I'm not going to be like another... I don't know the, the stupid comedian talking about a fruitcake that nobody eats. And you give it from relative to relative every Christmas and nobody ever opens it. My whole thing about fruitcake is... There are things inside a Christmas fruitcake that I cannot identify. There are things in there, and I don't know what they are. They don't appear in any other food. I mean, what what is some of that stuff inside a fruitcake? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the weird jelly-looking thing? But it's like some... Well, what is this? Well, it's round and it's green, and it kind of looks like a plum, but it's a bright green gelatinous sort of... No, I know sort exactly of... what you're talking about. It's all... Like, some of them are really hard, and other ones are squishy, and you don't know what they are. I mean, I just... You know, and I will be... And I've talked about this in the past, but I I am the only person I have ever known that actually enjoys fruitcake. Now, I don't like... Not a lot, 
Because, you know, most holiday foods people don't really enjoy. People don't... Most of the stuff, especially at Thanksgiving, which we're coming up on again, this is why we ended up doing tofu and tofurkey and corn and all the... and burger cake and deep-fried whatnots every Thanksgiving. Because most of the stuff that people eat for Thanksgiving, no one is really interested in. Otherwise, you'd be eating it the rest of the year. You can, The last time you had cranberries out of a can was last Christmas or last November because nobody eats them the rest of the year. So it is with fruitcake, and it's not interesting enough to me that I'll actually go seek it out the rest of the year and eat it. But if fruitcake is on a tray at somebody's ho- uh, the holiday party, I'll eat it. I find it sort of... I don't think I've ever eaten fruitcake. See, but that's the thing is I'm the only person. Fruitcake is an almost completely decorative It kind of scares me. Here's what fruitcake is like. Fruitcake is like... There's two things I can immediately compare fruitcake to. Fruitcake is like either A... Uh, the parsley that they serve you, uh, you know, at, at in, like a Denny's, you go to a, and you order the, 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 like the, the the hammer slammer or whatever, whatever their embarrassing rhyming food is this week, whatever the thing is that's right next to the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity or whatever the hell, and they bring you the parsley. And of course, I'm the only one in the restaurant that asks for additional parsley um, because it's good for your breath because it contains because it is rich in chlorophyll. So I am the only person in the restaurant, and I will actually, it's to the point where I will actually gather parsley from the table from the, the plates of other people at my table and I will consume it. I'm the only one. It's also like this. Fruitcake is not only like parsley. Fruitcake is like, and I don't know if they still sell these, but when I was a kid, you would go to Safeway or to your Ralph's or whatever and you would go to the uh, this sort of home cooking aisle where it's like they have flour and Clabber Girl baking powder and whatever, all the stuff that your mom would get to make a birthday cake for you. And then they would have the most fascinating, uh, it was like a spice rack but instead of a spice rack, it was all kinds of things that you would shake onto the top of a cake. Like it was sprinkles and jimmies and, you know, little candies and whatever. It was just a whole, it would, they, it would look exactly like a big spice rack. But all the bottles were pink. And it was, all the, the, it was all of the decorations that you would put on top of a cake. And they used to sell this decoration that I swear to God was just a thing of ball bearings. And this seems to be one of those things that only I remember. This is. There are a whole lot of things in this world that fall into the category of things that Rick saw one time when he was a kid and he's convinced existed, but that he can find no other supplementary evidence for, and that no one else seems to remember the existence of. So they would be right there. It's like you would have green sprinkles on one side and chocolate candy sprinkles on the other side, and right in the middle there would be a little thing of just ball bearings that were supposed to go on your birthday cake. And I think it actually said in big letters at the bottom, like, don't eat these ball bearings at your birthday party. Anyway, that's what fruitcake is like. It's, it's like the ball bearings you used to put on your cake when you were a kid that only I remember. And that may have just been the result of some weird fever dream. That maybe I just hallucinated them out of whole cloth. Anyway, fruitcake has all of this crap in it that you can't identify. I mean, if you were to take fruitcake into a lab somewhere, like you can sort of identify, well, there's cake. And I think that's a walnut. And then there's all these other things in there that I suspect are just some sort of agricultural waste that they're trying to get rid of and they do it by compacting it into bricks and shipping it off to Safeway every year. Anyway. Um, why was I talking about fruitcake just now? Jim Roop, Britney Spears, Kevin Federline. No. No, I had it and I've lost it. Well, whatever. So, uh, I, so I was watching the Britney Spears thing. So, Kevin Federline... And I must have missed this yesterday. Kevin Federline apparently showed up to the child custody hearing wearing both sunglasses and an eye patch for reasons that haven't really been defined. No one has really explained why that happened. 
But I guess that was the deal. But then I've seen some pictures of him, and he's just wearing sunglasses. I, 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 so, so maybe he's like rethought the eye patch while he was in court. It seems like you got to wear one or the other. It seems like one can either wear an eye patch or one can wear sunglasses. You cannot wear both of those things because it just seems because then you're sort of rocking the belt and suspenders deal. You should do it. You know what? You, if you're going to do that, you should do what that guy Archangel. Since we were talking about Airwolf yesterday, you should do what Archangel used to do uh, on the uh, on Airwolf, where he had the eyeglasses, but then one of the lenses was just totally blacked out. You know, sort my, of high tech pirate. Guy. My friend just left me a comment on my MySpace page, and in his picture, he's wearing an eye patch. No, but see, the eye patch is okay, but then you can't. But why would you want to wear an eye patch? Maybe he maybe, has to wear an, maybe he's maybe missing an eye. Maybe something happened, and I didn't know. Maybe something happened to him. Maybe uh, maybe there was some sort of an accident at the Federline household. All right. Um, well, in any event, so we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Britney Spears coming up today uh, with Jim Roop. We will do today's top five top five musicians who died at the age of 27. Uh, we meant to get to that yesterday. We did not. I've got the list right over here to my uh, to my right. So we'll get to that today. Top five musicians who died at the age of 27. It is High Concept Thursday, so we'll roll that out today. Paris Hilton cries like a girl. Uh, and we'll take a look at stories that were not quite bad enough to be in the running for the second worst story in the history of the world. Uh, all that is coming up, plus, uh, you know, more uh, Mary Minton and stuff. Oh, and the thing from Dave Zinn about the pickup artist. Got it right here. It's the pickup artist lingo sheet. Because that pickup artist guy, whose show I've begun watching, even though I, it's not even, it's, it, it's not just that I feel indifferent, it's that I actually actively dislike the program. And yet I find myself watching it, which maybe is the whole point of it. Uh, and then Tim and I will salivate relentlessly about the new episode of Mad Men, which is coming up tonight. Uh, we're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing well. Well, I can't talk about the thing I was going to talk about because now I found out we can't talk about it till tomorrow. Well, I think you can talk about it, you just can't see it. You just can't see it. Uh, so Sarah's in an exciting new project. And I can mention this now. I can mention this because I don't think you're getting paid for it. No, I didn't get anything for it. I think it. you only get paid I think in I got experience. Some crackers and like a sprite. You, you get paid in craft services. Yeah. Um, Joni does have great craft services on her shoots. I will say that. She no, you know what? She had bagels. Really? She had really good bagels, and we had lots and lots of coffee. You know, I'll tell you this. If you can provide good craft services on a movie set, you will never want for actors. Actors, as long as they can be guaranteed that there's going to be some sort of decent food there, actors will arrive. Because uh, usually uh, craft services, it's usually more like craft services. It usually is just somebody buying a thing of Lunchables and like a two-liter thing of like, not even Sprite, but some sort of Safeway mist. You know what I'm talking about. No, because, well, back in the old days, before I was union, I get to eat first. Non-union eats after me. <laughs> Listen to that. Listen to the smugness. And I'm in golden time now. Is that really true? That is true, yeah. You sag, you eat fat first. Non-union, you get scraps. And like it. Let me ask you this. If you're on a movie set, yeah. Now is that still now is that still the case and it just doesn't apply to you because you're not in SAG anymore or is I it am just SAG. okay so but is that just not the rule anymore I mean is it is that still the rule that if you're on a set and you're in SAG you eat before the people who aren't union correct so was that like one pass through the buffet or is it like or do you have to wait or you know you, you eat first and you get better food so so let's say that there's ten people on the set who are in SAG and there's ten people who are non-union. It'd probably be more like three to ten. Okay. Yeah. So now, when you say the SAG people eat first, does that like they each get one trip past the craft services thing? Oh no, you eat as much as you want. And then <laughs> you eat they have to completely sign off. Yeah. The SAG people have to eat and then maybe vomit and then eat again, and then maybe take a nap and then have a foot massage and then eat a third time and then go. Well, I think we're done now. Who wants this leftover melon rind? Fantastic. Wonderful. 
Um, all right. Anyway, so Sarah Dillon is the star of a about to be released. Oh, uh, not at the star. A, One of many. I'm trying to. Okay. Yes, the, the huge glowing star. Sarah Dillon is uh, is one of the one of the featured actresses in a new music video that's about to be released. Uh, what tomorrow? Right? It's going to yeah, come out tomorrow. Yeah, she said either tomorrow than. It was day. up for like ten seconds today, and then it they was, yanked I know, it back down. I got to watch again. it once. It was really cool. Got to wa- I was not allowed to watch it, even though I've already seen it. By the way. Even though I've already seen it, I saw it being edited. I was there sitting next to the editor I as she was know. putting it together. It was up for about 10 seconds this morning. I come in, Sarah is, and I'm not trying to not trying to break balls about this, but I come in, Sarah's watching the video, which is fine. Oh, I haven't seen it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say it's, you know, you're not like some people who sit and relentlessly watch their own projects online over and over again. Um, Nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's she's watching it because it's the first time. And I go over and I go, oh, hey, that's that video you're in. And Sarah's like, get away from me. Don't watch! And I'm like, I've already seen it. I know, but I hadn't. <laughs> Who's the band? Uh, it is a band called Nicodemus. It's uh, a really neat song. It's I very... think I've seen a video of them before. Yeah, they, this is the second video for Nicodemus, directed by our good friend Joni DeRoshi uh, and Sarah, uh, along with some other uh, Yeah, a couple of my know. girlfriends were in it, too, so it was really fun. And I had this whole post that I wrote about it, about the tangled, incestuous Portland artistic family tree. That I, and I didn't, didn't post it at the last second because the video apparently got yanked back off the Internet. So it's going to be up, what, tomorrow? Yeah, she wrote me, like, right as soon as you were going to post it. I remember she like, just no, sent me an email. Okay, so I'll, I will post, uh, I'll post another, I'll post my own link to it tomorrow. And I had this whole, uh, I had this whole thing written about just how just everybody, every single person in Portland is simultaneously working on about nine different projects at any given moment. And this video is sort of the Tigris and Euphrates of all of that. Uh, so I won't go on and on about today because the video is not beautiful. But the video but it, is amazing. It's a beautiful video. It really is. And I'm not going to say anything uh, except looks, to say that... It looks fancy. It looks what? expensive. And I hate to put it this way, but really any number of creepy emails that you may have gotten before, that number, you just put a zero on, on the end of that number right now. However many sort of moist emails you got every should single day. Should we not day. say what I do? In, no, we shouldn't say it until the video is oh, available. We know what you do in the video. Oh, stop Yeah. It. Tim Riley's working. The Tim's now looking at me. It's not. I didn't do anything bad. <laughs> sure. And whose opinion of bad would this be? <laughs> it is. Uh, it's, I'm kind of prudish. You know that I wouldn't do anything. It's, well, you're not uh, unclothed in any way. No. I will say that it is a very. How do I put this? She's showing her acting chops. Well. I'm really not trying to. I, it, 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 it's pointless because we're talking about something no one can see until tomorrow. But I will say this, and I don't mean this as a knock. I'm not trying well, to be. Tease. We want to know. I'm not trying to be snarky. First of all, I will say this. It's a beautiful video. I mean, Joni doesn't do bad like work. Titanic? Yeah. It is. It is. It's Joni DeRossi's Titanic. <laughs> um, it's not... Except Joni DeRossi's Titanic would take place in, like, a trailer park, and there'd be a, there'd be a father in a, in a wife-beater shirt uh, who is, uh, you know... <laughs> Never mind. So, see, there's a still from it, Tim. Since she yanked it off of the YouTube. It, it's, it's all very um, it's sort of like burlesque. It's like old sort of burlesque gothic... Sort of, you know what it looks like? It looks like those old Irving Claw peep show things with Betty Page. Are they like those burlesque videos I gave you? Yes, yes, it's very similar to that. Whatever happened to my burlesque videos? I have those. Those are at home. <laughs> I uh, those are at home. He'd like his burlesque videos back. No, I have those at home. Um, <laughs> no, enjoy them as much as you want. I was just wondering. How to no, 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 I have those. Uh, it's a very beautiful video, but I will say, and I think we have to say it this way, it is a very You'll forgive the phrase, and I hate using this word because it, it always sounds sleazy, even though it's not supposed to. This word is supposed to be a classy substitute for a sleazy word. It is a very erotically charged video. Oh, like a Madonna type of thing. It is not uh, not too dissimilar Actually, from Madonna. Yeah. It is a it is very much 
an erotic style video. Something of that like erotic in the background design. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's like an old, old-fashioned, like amateur erotic. It, it does look. Have you seen the old Betty Page loops? Those old, especially the old black and white things that she did. Again, Irving Claw was that guy that did all where it's sort of the grainy black and white, sort of jittery, but the girls are sort of dressed up and kind of a cool, you know, that old pinup style. Sometimes it's that's really what it looks like. By the way, those who know Joni DeRoshi will know that the trailer park comment was not enough. Joni Joni has this whole uh, fetish for trailer parks and the denizens thereof. So hey, and Joni just got keyorific. Really? Keyorific. Keyorific. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's that ad we run where they're singing the Beyonce Knowles type thing, and they're going, Keyalicious, which kind of gives me the creep. And she actually went there and said she heard about it on AM 970. Fantastic. And asked her if she sang Keyalicious, but she didn't. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. There's a lot of stuff going on, but first, I'm going to put all this aside for this breaking story. A Minnesota judge moments ago rejected Senator Larry Craig's bid to withdraw his guilty plea. Ah! It's a major setback for ah! Craig. Bring the Republicans in and finish destroying him. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to take you up back and do what needs to be done. So that's that. Fantastic. In your face, Larry Craig. All right. Well, we'll talk to you. And all the problems you caused, brother. Bob Costantini will weigh in on that. Excellent. Fantastic. Then the popularity of the president and Congress sink to the lowest levels ever recorded by the pollsters. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's like that story the other day about the Mets have a historic implosion. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, three people are shot in Clackamas County in a gun battle, battle over pot plants. Fantastic. That sexy Renier teacher, Zay, will go to jail for having sex with a 15-year-old boy because the mom wants that done. A man driving a stolen car the wrong way with no headlights slams into a cop car. The oldest of the Hansons is rushed to the hospital with a serious ailment. And Brittany does get visitation rights and has been ordered back to court. She must appear in person. She didn't even bother to show up yesterday. That doesn't really scream, I want my babies back. No. I mean, it really... <laughs> but she wanted a latte. I saw some pictures of her having a latte. Children's latte. Children's latte. Um, the, uh, I will say this about that, about that the, the Bush story. Mm. If you go to Drudge Report, there's a great juxtaposition of headlines. Drudge is the master of juxtaposing two headlines right next to each other. Uh-huh. Right, there's that story at the top of the page, and it says, Bush sinks to all-time low in approval rating polls. Right below that, Hillary ahead by 33 points. I saw that. Man, it, I mean, telling you, man, it's... Have you heard that new thing Dennis Miller's doing where he's he's isolated that hideous mule bray of a laugh that Hillary Clinton does? No. And he just has that as his in-studio laughter whenever he says something funny? I should listen more to Dennis Miller. No, it's, he does have his moments where he's where he sort of transcends, where he becomes... I mean, it, and that isolating of Hillary's laughter and then just having it play as though she was in the studio with him is pretty great. But, yeah, Bush is like... I don't know. His approval rating is like one or something. And Hillary's up by uh, over Obama by 33. Not that that matters to him. No. <laughs> no, no, because he's staying the course. Oh, these are people who remember the ball bearings. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Why, hello. probably remember those ball bearings. I used to steal them off the shelf uh, when my mom wasn't looking and eat them. See, but why did they have ball bearings as decorations for the cake that was going to be eaten by children? Well, I don't know. It, you know, it's bright and shiny. Kids like that. I suppose, but I mean, 
dogs like antifreeze. Like little shiny silver balls? This is what I'm saying. You would go to Safeway, and in the cake, or in the home cooking aisle, like the, the uh, whatever, the baking aisle, they would have baking soda, baking powder, flour, cake icing, like the little tubes of cake icing you would squeeze. And then they would have this whole thing that looked like a spice rack. But instead of spices, it was like jimmies and sprinkles and, you know, little candies that you shake on top of a cake. And one of the things they sold was a little plastic jar of ball bearings that you were supposed to put on top of a cake. I do remember That's those. what I'm saying. And it said in big letters, don't eat these. they're not edible, but they were, they were decorative. And yet they were decorative clearly for the cakes of children. Oh, they were edible. <laughs> <laughs> Swallowable, at least. Were well, they... we, put, we, we put them on sugar cookies is what we used. Let me ask you this, sir. They may have been swallowable. Were they digestible? Uh, well, I used to eat rocks, and they used to come out in my diapers, so I don't know. I'll have to ask my parents to see if those came through, too. Really? Yeah. I used to eat rocks, and those came out in my diapers. Yes. Okay. As well. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. Is that what's known as passing a stone? Oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. Tim, you have to give me more, you have to give me more notice for those. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah, the silver ball bearings, those were little sugar balls. I don't know what the silver what? was over top of the sugar, but they were actually sugar balls. Why, hello there, sugar balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to chop on them and, you know, break them down to get to the actual sugary taste of them. Of the balls? So they of were the ball, digestible. Of the balls. Like I say, I don't know what the silver part was. So how long would... So the silver was... Sh- they really were sugar balls? How long did you yes. have to have... How long did you have to have the balls in your mouth to get the sugar out? <laughs> that sounds like a very loaded question. No, it's, I'm asking, uh, this is, no, linguistically, this is, I, I am think, asking the correct question about this. You, you have to bite on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> real hard. You bite real hard and you get the sugar out of the balls. Thank you. Okay. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say I, I love you guys a lot, but I'm going to have to start an alternative website to your show for the men who like women without panties. Without panties? Without panties. You guys are so pro-panties. Got to have something for the pro-no-panties. Why are you talking like this? What? When have we talked about panty versus non on this program? Uh, you haven't today, but you're always getting down on Brittany because she doesn't have panties on. All right, we're ending this call. That's now. a good thing. All right, we're going. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. To follow that? Yeah, I, <laughs> I like wow. not him, but that, yeah. Jeez. Well, uh, the name of your ball bearings, no, the name of the ball bearings, excuse me, grammatics there, are silver candied balls. Silver candied balls. Because bakers always point out the obvious, powdered sugar, yeah. powdered sugar. So there you go. Silver candied balls. What, Silver and so candied balls. Was, the, was the coating on the outside actually metal? No. Okay. I mean, you know, they used different dyes, and they would make it silver-colored, and it was sugar, and you could let it sit in your mouth and dissolve, and that was it. And, and what was great about them, and I don't think they're around anymore because they can break teeth. I was like going to say, why? Because it said they weren't edible. Like it said in big letters, don't eat these. Because, you know, kids would break their teeth, but it yeah. was the 70s and 80s, and people didn't sue like they do today. That's true. Tooth-breaking is fine. Yes. All right. It's just, just like jawbreakers. Yeah, no, just like Everlasting Gobstoppers. Exactly. Do you notice at a certain point, Everlasting Gobstoppers went from being really big to being really small? One dumb choking kid ruins it for everybody. Uh, I, I, I hate children. That's why I got out of teaching. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Thank you. 
What's a broken tooth? Just ask Johnny Fairplay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, I, too, am an enjoyer of fruitcake. Okay. And <clears throat> to me, fruitcake only has one purpose, and that is to get in the good graces of the person who made it or bought it for you. Yeah, uh, well, but the no person, one else will eat it. And the person who made the fruitcake, though, was always so many generations back. Because the fruitcake given to you, you know, was given to you by somebody who had the fruitcake given to them the year before. And it just goes around, you know, right. passed around like have, a bad joint. Yeah, if you have a mother-in-law like I do who makes fruitcake and none of her kids will eat it, but I will, you become the favorite. You become, it takes so little to make her happy. Yep. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. All these ball bearing calls. Hello. It's all ball bearings these days. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Rick? What's up? How you doing? Hey. Hey, I want to chime in something about those ball bearings. I used to work at the uh, grocery store, and I would stock them all the time. Uh-huh. And not only, well, I don't know if they're edible or not, but they're, the, the casing is made of, like, the cheapest plastic known to man. And it never failed. Every time you stock them, one would fall on the floor and break. <laughs> and, I mean, you know. I mean, and then you have 500 small ball bearings all over the floor of a Safeway. Yeah, like a very extremely smooth wax floor, you know. <laughs> Excellent. And, of course, you would always, and then, there's, you know, and then you feel like a, what's his name, like Douglas Niedermeyer in Animal House when Stephen first throws the, the the marbles in the street. You're trying to pick them up, and your feet just go right in from underneath you. Totally. Excellent. That's a great story. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I just sent you a picture of the old ball bearings, although these were gold in particular. Okay, but these are, these are the same. Uh, see, somebody now is claiming that they were actually... Uh, that they were actually silver because they were coated with mercury. That's the only thing that can make this story even better. Well, you know, that, that's true. Everything is better with a little bit of mercury on it. All right. But a, a, no, as, a, as a callback, though, i got to yes, tell you sir. what I just got in the mail today. Okay. My three-pack of bacon salt. Really? You actually ordered bacon salt? I give it to my mother. All right. Fantastic. What's the first thing you're going to put it on? Uh, I don't know. I've got hickory, original, and peppered, and I'm thinking uh, I, I just don't know what to do with it. Tim, what would you recommend that he put bacon salt on? <laughs> the, the look on Tim's face. I don't, I would know where to start. The, re, the recycling I, I really file, right? It's like I just asked him to do the news in Esperanto. <laughs> he can do it, though. He's the greatest newsman ever. All right, well, let me know how it tastes, my friend. I will. Excellent. All right, two more, and then we got a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hi, my name is Rich, and uh, I'm calling about the ball bearings on the cakes. Yes, of course you are. Hello, sir. Yeah, they're called um, Silver Dragees, D-R-A-G-E-E-S. And they're made of sugar, cornstarch, and gelatin, and they're coated with silver, and they're not meant to be eaten. Now, here's a question. They're made of cornstarch what and what? Uh, sugar, cornstarch, gelatin, okay. and they're, they're coated with silver, now, do you like see, actual silver. But do you see the contradiction in the sentence you just said? How can something made of sugar not be meant to be eaten? Because it's coated with silver. But why would they put sugar in it? Uh, yeah, well, hold on. My wife's right here. She's the pastry chef. She'll tell you. Okay. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Leslie. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm Dandy. I have a question. So, sure. So uh, your husband uh, makes a, makes the claim that the silver ball bearings are not meant to be eaten. Correct. There's meant to be used as decoration only, and it says right on my packages of them, non-edible. Now, I believe you because I saw those same packages, but my question, Leslie, is yes. then, then why is one of the ingredients sugar? I don't know. Uh-huh. You, know what I'm, you know what I'm imagining or what I'm guessing is that because they are on something that is edible, they mostly have to be made from edible ingredients. But, I mean, why would you not just use, like, a flour or starch or something? Because it seems like, this is just my theory, 
if you take something that is not meant to be edible because it's coated in, you know, metal, yeah. if, you fill it, if you fill it with sugar and a kid bites into one by mistake, all he's going to do is eat more of the bed. Correct. Correct. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, well, you know, also when I was in culinary school, we used real gold leaf often as decoration for dessert, uh-huh. which, which can be consumed. So my guess is that the silver they're using on this is not meant to be consumed. This is like that weird Goldschlager stuff that has gold flakes in it. Yeah. I just wonder if people drink the gold flakes. Yeah, it, well, real gold leaf is edible. Interesting. Yes. All right. Thank you, Leslie. You're very welcome. All right. Bye now. Well, right. it's like mercury fillings cause brain damage, but I have a mouthful of them. <laughs> and I continue to function. For today, For today. anyway. <laughs> so you just begin drooling uncontrollably during the news hour and you uh-huh. slump over in your chair. Uh, well, we should just go out on that, I think. Um, or should we? Yeah. Oh, oh, but just as a quick note here. So we'll get these calls coming up. We have Bob Costantini. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Ed McCarthy. We'll talk to Jim Roof later on. we got the top five musicians who died at the age of 27. Uh, we have the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Uh, today, Glorious Bastard of the Week will be winning um, a pass to, uh, passage to Court and Fat Boy's Midnight Movie, which is tomorrow, and his Goodfellas, plus uh, the DVD Twisted Sister, the video year. Uh, so that's today. And then uh, coming up, now your birthday isn't until next week, but you're you're having some sort of celebratory thing. On Yeah, on Saturday. Okay. So I and have... My birthday's on Tuesday. So really... Will be as many parties as Amanda Pants have for her birthday? Yeah, you're, you're doing sort of a whole tour of parties. So this is... So now, because you're doing something Tuesday as well... So this means, technically speaking, I have five days to find you a gift. Yeah, well, you didn't give me my gift till like six months later yet, last year, so that's okay. So really, I so I have until April. So you have plenty of time. Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. I buy a gift, but I have property taxes too. <laughs> He's got to pay. You and Scotty both. I was just going to say Tim has to pay for the health the health care of the poor. And of people with children. Stupid poor. Stupid children. Stupid poor you think children. They learn. You should go to the poor children and demand that they pay your gift, that they get you a, a birthday gift, Sarah. I'm taking away your link braces. <laughs> Until you learn. <laughs> I can't top that joke. All right, ladies. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after this. It's. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. I forgot to grab it. So here's what's over on the counter. So we've got a bunch of open meat packages on the counter, and then the refrigerator door is still open. Young lady, this is not a dorm room. That's what we always used to do. That was the phrase they always used to use when I worked in the... I worked at this rock station. This is not a frat house. No, I'm just saying. Like a bunch of lunchable crap everywhere. Uh, the hell are we doing? Oh, we'll get Bob Costantini here in just a second. Later on, CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy, Jim Rube coming up. Uh, today's top five, top five musicians who died at the age of 27 and so forth. Uh, let's get these and then we'll quickly, uh, move on to Bob Costantini. Why, hello, sir, madam, is the case, maybe. Oh, I was just calling to, uh, give you, uh, a little pat on the back for the Fletch reference. Oh, but the, uh, it's all ball bearings it's these it's days. It's all ball bearings, Gordo. Yeah, maybe, maybe you need a refresher course. Yeah. Good job. All right. Uh, actually, well, I'm glad I can help, sir. And, he, and, and he's gone. All right. Hi, you're... And he's out. <laughs> Sorry, I just spat on myself. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is uh, Jesse from Red Hot Pistol. What's up, sir? Hey, I got a couple things for you. One, the reason they put sugar in the ball bearings... Um, and, and they're not edible. Sugar is a hardening agent, like when you caramelize sugar on top of a creme brulee or anything like that. 
Okay. It crystallizes and, and gets hard. That's how they make them like hard, shiny balls. I don't. Re- Sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. I don't really know that a guy who's in the band Red Hot Pistols should be talking about creme brulee on the air. I think that's an unacceptable dissonance in your personality, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. All right. The other thing is, last week you were talking about GPS and phones. Yeah. And I know it doesn't work on some of the older phones, but in the newer phones, there's a website that came out not too long ago called phonetrace.org. Uh-huh. And you just go, you put your phone number in. Hit go and it'll it'll locate your phone on on GPS. It's pretty freaky. You don't put any spaces. You just put the number in straight and well, it'll that's find creepy. it. I don't like what that. What's the website? I don't like that one bit. Phonetrace.org. Okay, and now everybody is doing it right. Ever watch the website now crash as twenty thousand <laughs> people all try to do this at once. All right, thank you, sir. All right, bye. All right, are you doing it right now? Yeah, I'm gonna try. Okay, well let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the hills. How are you? Hi, Bob. How are you today? Just fine. Just fine. How about yourself? I am dandy, my friend. Uh, we were just talking about those little silver ball bearings that they used to sell in the, uh, the bakery aisle of your of the, the local supermarket to put on top of children's birthday cakes. And I swear to God, they were little metal ball bearings for the cakes of children, but they were labeled don't eat. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and probably made of lead, too. Yeah, probably. Yes, <laughs> from China. Um, so, anyway. Hey, so before we move on to this Pete Domenici thing... Um, Sarah just threw up her hand. Jesse, as Jesse was just played her. a joke. That oh, I'm sorry. Was he, thing. was he screwing with you? Yes, he Isn't was. It, is it a wacky hoax website? It really is. All right, okay. Um, Thanks, Jesse. Hey, so um, there's breaking news on our good friend, uh, Idaho Senator Larry Craig. Yes. So I guess he got told to go pound sand uh, by the court. Well, uh, there's a 27-page uh, ruling by the judge up there in uh, Minnesota who said that uh, basically he cannot withdraw his guilty plea, um, stemming from that airport bathroom sex sting, and that uh, he, quote, voluntarily and intelligently admitted to this uh, misdemeanor charge. Uh, of course, it still remains to be seen whether or not uh, Craig will withdraw his decision to not run again next year, uh, pending on, I, I don't know if he will continue to appeal this kind of ruling. So but, this, is, uh, this sort uh, of hoses him, right? It, it it kind of hoses him in, in that um, uh, what he was hoping might lead to his ultimate vindication or the ultimate decision to stay on in the Senate. Uh, it's just one nail in that coffin, if you will. But, again, since it was just a misdemeanor, as we've discussed in the past, uh, this is not just something that they kick you out of the Senate for doing. It's just something that they, uh, Republicans especially, might try to push you out. I was going to say, it's not really the, you don't have to leave, but this is the sort of, no. a guy sits you down in a dark room that is thick <laughs> with cigarette smoke, and he, he taps his silver-tipped cane on the floor, and he says, look, you and I need to have an understanding about you leaving. This is, that's, it, it is sort of like when the guy comes by your, uh, it's like when the guy comes by your pastry shop in Brooklyn, and he says, nice store you got here. Be ashamed if something happened to it. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's that's what happens when, in this position, regardless of what party you're in. Somebody lets you know very tacitly. That I'm not sure of... if it's that film noirish, but uh, it... Uh... In my head, in my head, everything is The Godfather 2, so... Every in my head, everything is Vito Corleone shimmying up a pipe to yeah. shoot the black hand. Well, 
All right, and so this is so when it was supposed to be by the end of September, though, that he was either going to make the announcement, yeah. yay or nay. So um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see the response from uh, from Larry Craig's office. And we are certainly waiting on that, and uh, you will hear about it, obviously, perhaps within a uh, you know a few hours, um, as to uh, what his next move will be. Uh, he insists still that he is not gay um, in all of this, and. Uh, therefore, wanted to withdraw this guilty plea and you know finally realize what it would, how it would make it all look. That should just be his campaign slogan if he reruns. You know, Senator Larry Craig, I'm not gay. That's right there, just on huge billboards. Strangely enough, in Idaho, such a slogan might actually get you elected. You know what I mean? It's it's always possible, I suppose, but uh, there'll be significant pressure on him to quit. Um, speaking of uh, Senator so Pete Domenici of, of New Mexico, I guess it's what, it's today? He's going to announce it today or next Thursday? Probably today. No, it, is, uh, it is this afternoon, or a few hours from now, about three hours away, he will announce at his um, elementary school there in New Mexico that he is giving up his Senate seat, won't seek re-election next year. And um, because of he has a brain de degenerative disorder, um, that, uh, you know, is making it increasingly difficult for him to perform his Senate duties. Um, this, is a, this is a case where he will not be uh, replaced by the governor. There, he will get out after the election, is the next election. And it is a case where Democrats possibly uh, might be able to take a Senate seat because the other senator representing uh, New Mexico is a Democrat, and it's a state that goes sort of back and forth. Um, uh, you know, as far as Democrats and Republicans are concerned, it's not definitively red, although it has been in presidential elections. This is this is one of those uh, races that we, when he announces he's not going to not, not going to run again, that you can tell somewhere in the West Wing of the White House there's a panel on a computer somewhere that begins to blink and a klaxon starts to go off, uh, because it's just one of those things where they're going to have to go in and just just elbows all the way, you know, uh, fighting a groundwork to try to keep that seat. So. Yeah, it's 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 you know the the balance of the Senate. Uh, if any, if Republicans are ever going to hope back, hope to take it back, especially in 2008, uh, this is a seat they certainly need to keep. Excellent. All right, my friend Bob Costantini, thank you so much, sir. My pleasure. Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, from the hill, CNN radio correspondent Bob Costantini. Fantastic. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to alter that so it ends with a big explosion. Uh, Rick, are you sure those little ball-bearing cake decorations weren't edible? I ate them by the ton as a child. Am I going to die? Yes, sir. Yes, you are. Rick, the phonetrace.org guy needs to die in a fire right now. Do not ever go to the site, and it's just signed, ARG. Yes, Jesse, from that unnamed band that'll never be mentioned. Oh yes, now, the end of the end of your band's promotion is, yep. is nigh. What I happens, hope it was worth it. What do you want to say? What it is? What happens if do you want to? Oh, it's like it's gay porn. Thanks. Maybe the creme brulee remark came from a deeper place with Jesse. Maybe there isn't so much personality dissonance with that remark. raving about that website. <laughs> Rick, I can't tell you how much you have to go to phonetrace.org. Red could have two meanings. <laughs> yeah. Who's in the lion's den now, Jesse? Uh, all right, uh, let's get this, and then we'll talk to Ed McCarthy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm okay, because I'm not getting emails like, uh, I'm not sending emails like this one. Rick, damn that phone trace.org. I will now be fired as soon as the IT department calls HR. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, great. Wonderful. All right. I'm self-employed. What's up, sir? Hey, I wanted to let you know, uh, Halloween coming up, uh, 
Night of the Living Dead live action show going to be happening at the Valley Theater. Hey, uh, wait, who am I speaking with? My name is Steve. Did we talk last year? We might have. Did uh, this is the Blue Monkey Theater Group? Yes, it is. Note, note the iron memory that I have here. The, you have a fantastic iron memory. I, my wife and I went to see this last year on the last night, unfortunately, so we weren't able to really push it on the air. I wasn't able to rave about it. We went to see this last year, the, the live, and it sounds weird, it sounds silly to people, but it's a live theatrical production of Night of the Living Dead, which is fantastic. It is great. It is Thank one, you. and I got to tell you, and it's legitimately scary. Um, it's fun in the sense that, like, theater is just sort of cool. But this live theatrical production of Night of the Living Dead is one of the creepiest things I've seen in a long time. I saw it last year. I will see it again this year. I, I have no vested interest in this. It is really, really creepy and really great, though, and really well done. And, and the fact that a live theater show can pull off something that making it black and white is pretty impressive, too. So, that uh, is one of our great things. But there is going to be more blood and gore and more zombies this year. Excellent. Now with 30% more zombies. What's the uh, website, sir? The website is, of course, www.bluemonkeytheater.com. And uh, the it will be running uh, the weekends of the ninth, the last two weekends of October with midnight shows on Saturday and cool. a special 10 o'clock showing on Halloween night, Wednesday the 31st. All right, cool. Thank you, my friend. Theater in Beaverton. No, I will absolutely be there. There you go. So it's bluemonkeytheater.org, I think he said, or com or something. Blue Monkey Theater, just Google it. Yeah, that's the live stage show of Night of the Living Dead, which was really good. I didn't know what to expect when I went there, but it was... Um, it was pretty fantastic. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South, CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, Ed McCarthy. How are you today, Rick? I am dandy, my friend. Thank you for not putting on a creepy female voice as we began this. this <laughs> well, call. that was pretty awful. I, I no, no, no. That. It was. It was. It wasn't that it was bad. It was actually really funny. It's just that for a minute, my brain didn't know how to process the information. I was. <laughs> I'll, like, on the screen, you know, and then, then the phone, and then the music was playing, and I'm like, my, my, in the back of my brain, I'm going, is this what it feels like to go crazy? I had no, I wondered if I was ex in the latter stages of some sort of breakdown. Um, well, that was all kind of crazy yesterday, how that all worked yesterday out. Yesterday was a weird day on every front. I found out later it wasn't just me. I think it really was sort of everybody on earth was having a weird day yesterday. Um, so I actually at one point swore that we weren't going to mention Michael Vick anymore, but I did want to ask this because I knew this would happen at some point, but I guess there's some twists in this story. So the, the Falcons are trying to take all of this bonus money back from him, right? There's They gave this guy an ungodly amount of bonus money that now he's not going to be earning because he's not playing, so they're going to go and try to take this right out of his hide, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. $22 million in bonus money. They say the guilty plea to the federal dogfighting charge was a violation of his contract, and that contract was a Pretty big one, not as big as yours. 130 million dollars, 10 years. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, it's a situation now where the Falcons want him to uh, ante up that money, give it back, while his attorney says, uh, and uh, of course he's going to be getting some help from the National Football League Players Association. They are already saying that he earned the bonus money. So, in addition to all his legal problems. Uh, He's certainly got other ones now with if he does have some money, and the question is if he does have some money, because we've, we've had already uh, a lot of uh, filings on him already uh, legally saying that he didn't, uh, you know, he left loans, uh, laps, and things like that. So he, he's really, really going downhill in a hurry here. He's screwed is what he is. 
He's, uh, he's, they ought to give him and that Senator Larry Craig from Idaho a reality show together right now. You know what I mean? We got the Larry Craig story working now, as a matter of fact, uh, that, uh, the judge said no to him withdrawing yeah. that, uh, that plea. Yeah, it's just, it's gonna be a really interesting next, but what with, what with Michael Vick, Larry Craig, Britney Spears, OJ Simpson, and now this Anna Nicole Smith lawsuit, it really is shaping up to, it's like, it's like 2005 all over again. So. Plenty of fodder for us, my friend. That's what I'm talking about, my friend. All right, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We will have a speaks with you soon. Okay, Rick. Take care. Ed McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of stuff, I don't even know that this is, I can tie. Oh, speaking of uh, Night of the Living Dead, bodies, corpses, what have you, don't forget AM 970 is going to be at OMSI uh, Friday. That is tomorrow uh, from 2 to 4 for the final days of Body Worlds 3. Come down to check out the – and, of course, we've been going to all these locations with the Rock Band Tour stage, so you can see that um, – that game Rock Band before it comes out uh, November 20th. You can practice playing the most cutting-edge video game ever, drums, bass, guitar, and even vocals in Rock Band in stores this holiday season for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Uh, closing Sunday, it is your last chance to see Body Worlds 3. Uh, it's presented by OHSU, and of course it's at OMSI. For extended hours and tickets, visit omsi.edu. And uh, go on down there tomorrow, AM 970 at OMSI, tomorrow, Friday, from 2 to 4, for the final days of Body Worlds 3, featuring the Rock Band Tour Stage. We'll be there for that. All right. Take a break here. We'll come back with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, Jim Roop, uh, the top five glorious bastard of the week and all that. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Stay right there, won't you, please? Tim and I were just sort of watching. There's all this girl talk going on during the uh... talk of slumber parties, <laughs> trading 45s. He has 13 pages of this. Sarah, not this, not Sarah Dillon. Uh, another, another Sarah we work with apparently has a new stalker. Fan, fan is what he is. He's a fan of hers. He's not at all a stalker. Totally and he stalker. keeps writing me because he's confused. He thinks I'm her. Really? Look at these 13 creepy pages worth of pictures of me on MySpace. Look at the one where I'm strangling a cat. Oh, my God. Page four consists of an entire page of pictures of him with his favorite um, X-Men figurines. <laughs> That's the way you land a baby Now, right this there. is page four out of 13. Fantastic. <laughs> so I haven't gotten all the way through yet. And now... I'm if he's soulmate material for Sarah or not. <laughs> and now page four. Ladies and gentlemen, and now Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The answer is no. A judge has rejected Senator Craig's request to have his guilty plea changed to not guilty. Uh, because the defendant's plea was accurate, voluntary, and intelligent, and because the conviction is supported by the evidence, the defendant's motion to withdraw his plea is denied, oh. says the judge. Now, if Craig did resign, Idaho Governor Butch Otter... Butch Otter. Would Butch appoint his successor. Butch Otter appoints somebody right now. Mm-hmm. Butch Otter will get rid of this fella who's light as loafers. <laughs> Actually, Butch. now, 
Craig can just say to the Republican Party, okay, I'm not leaving, and if you try to get rid of me, I'll out every single one of you. Hey, look at that. Look at you it, all being a strategist. It's not my... Becca told me that over lunch, so I have to give her credit for it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So that was Becca from KUFO? Yeah. Excellent. Good thinking, Becca. Well done. There's a future for She's you sitting and sitting there having lunch right now. The bare-knuckle world of hardball politics. I didn't even think about it, but Becca makes sense. That is, well, because you know that it is probably sort of a, maybe an unknown fraternity, maybe? Mm -hmm. That is a known unknown, as Donald Rumsfeld would say. Mm -hmm. So he They needed to speak easy after business hours. <laughs> they know that special knock. <laughs> The, the um, So he just digs in his ruby slippers and says, I refuse to get... You can't make me, you can't make me, you can't make me. Take that, Butch Otter. <laughs> yeah, and how ironic that the gay guy has to be kicked out by a guy named Butch. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love this country and everything about it. So that's that, well, for now. The best part about that story yes. is, uh, other than the guy named Butch, and how and only in Idaho... I've been in Idaho, they don't even, they don't even know what, what his platform is. His name is Butch, I'm voting for that guy. Um, it's like just a photo of you posing next to a gun rack or something. That's enough to get you, you governor for life in that state. You ought to vote for Butch. You, <laughs> we should all go become campaign strategists. I've been talking to Lisa Goddard about that for six months. Clearly, the three, you, I, and Becca right now, are just for some, some sort of weird trifecta organization where we just we go and put people into power. Um, the best thing about this story, though, is the judge referring to Larry Craig's plea as accurate. Yeah. That's the thing. He's, in other words, he says, clearly you were trying to get it on in the john. So, uh, you know, so knock it off and leave now. So I I hadn't thought about that, but now that Becca told you and you told all of us, that uh -huh. makes perfect sense. He just refuses to leave and he just threatens to yank down the uh, the curtain of silence or whatever the hell if they try to make him go. All right. Somebody should forward that idea to Dan Savage right now. All right. Okay. Other things going on. Oregon State Police have arrested a man in connection with the theft of 40 aluminum bleachers from OSU. They reported more than 40 sections of new aluminum bleachers were stolen. How can he walk away? I was just... These are four-foot-long bleachers, but they're only worth $1,000, but that's enough for a meth head. Uh, apparently, OSP uh, contacted area metal recycling companies and reached information. Is there anything that we could not successfully sell to one of the local metal recycling companies? I suppose not. I mean, has people, guys have just showed up there with truckloads of parking meters. and What's this? It's a telephone pole. But there's a bunch of metal at the top of it. Well, okay, bring it on in. 51-year-old Richard Robertson has been taken into custody. I had. Are these the collapsible type of bleachers that fold up into a... Uh, you know, you can push them in. and then they Maybe. They're aluminum. I had one of those tip over on my foot when I was a kid. Uh, like a 5,000-pound set of collapsible bleachers fell right on my foot. Those they used to make those folding aluminum car tables, and my cousin amputated his finger when it got folded oh. up into Oh! Oh! Just took it right off like a, like a cigar trimmer. And it was a lesson for all of us kids to learn. Never to mess with that car table. How much older than, <laughs> how much, how much older than, uh, than you was he? Well, he was actually younger than me, a couple of years younger. Oh, I see. So, so there wasn't one of those things where the older relative is, in my family, the deal is whenever somebody would injure themselves or maim themselves horrifically and they were older, it was part of their punishment that they had to, uh, they had to impose that fear on the younger children by sort of shoving the wounded appendage into, like right into your line of sight. Look at this! You don't want to have this happen to you! So, yeah. So he was. So it was one of those uh, card tables where you reach underneath and you sort of you you uh, you sort of whack the thing uh -huh. so that it's no longer completely rigid. and Then you fold it. But those man, those metal things, it is just like chopping off the end of 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 a, of a cigar. That'll take the tip of your finger right off, or more than the tip, perhaps. Excellent. All right. Uh, the secret overseas prison program operated by the CIA is still active. This comes to us from a U.S. government official. 
In addition, the official confirms at least one al-Qaeda suspect has been in prison since uh, Bush confirmed their existence last year. Meanwhile, we do not torture. That is the official word from uh, the Bush administration. He sent Dana Perino out to uh, reiterate that. The president has not authorized it. He will not authorize it. But he has done everything within the corners of the law to make sure that we prevent another attack on this country, which is what we have done in this administration. Torture? That doesn't have anything to do with the question. No, not at all. Well, that's Dana Perino. She just knows that she just has to sit there and look pretty. Uh, the best way to get information about terrorists is to ask the terrorists themselves. They know where the other terrorists are hiding and what the other terrorists are planning. And to win the war on terror, we must be able to detain them, interrogate them, question them, and when appropriate, prosecute them. We must use good interrogation techniques. I am not going to comment on any specific alleged techniques. Um, it is not appropriate for me to do so, and to do so would provide the enemy with more information for how to train against these techniques. It's ask a terrorist. And I like how we've chosen to describe uh, what is clearly torture as, quote, asking the terrorists. Mm -hmm. Like it's just sort of a, just sort of a gentle, you know, just sort of a, a, a gentle questioning session. Just sort of like we're very ever so slightly prodding them for information. The oldest member of the pop group, Hanson, has been rushed to a Texas hospital after some reports indicate he has a potentially life-threatening pulmonary embolism. Isaac Hanson. I'm not sure which one he is, but uh, he's the oldest one. Isaac Hanson is the, uh, he's the ugly one. Well, he's going to get a little uh, uglier. He just finished playing a show at the House of Blues in Dallas when he began complaining about pain in his shoulder and chest. He was taken to Baylor University Hospital. His uh, condition is stable. There's no word yet of whether or not this will hold up the Hanson tour. I was trying to think of some sort of mbop. I, I was trying to think about it all day and nothing <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> nothing rhymes with mbop. No. Heart stop. Nothing. I tried. No. So, <laughs> with the best minds in this building have put, they, they, they put, they rubbed our cognitive powers together and we can't come up with anything at all. All right. Oh, by the way, the Burnside Bridge will not reopen as scheduled. <laughs> it was supposed to reopen Monday. Well, who really thought it was going to? But but the uh, doohickey and the gadget didn't arrive in time. <laughs> this is uh, this uh, hinge assembly is the most technically challenging repair of the two-year project. A hinge assembly. Mm -hmm. A hinge. How many pieces can there be in a hinge? Well, apparently the contractor was unable to remove the old parts of the uh, whatchamacallit by pushing or pulling. <laughs> Instead, the 13-inch diameter steel pins have to be slowly drilled out. So they won't be drilled out till after October 8th. That's it was great. scheduled to be your... Do you get the feeling that there is just some sort of ticker, like you must inconvenience this many people before we'll let you open the bridge? Like they haven't made life difficult for quite enough people yet, so they're just going to... Well, right. this is a 3.8 million pound counterweight. It was successfully lowered with a jacking system, so the other parts could be removed or replaced. Jacking system? Mm -hmm. Okay. You see, the original counterweight hinge parts are worn and broken, <laughs> so the hinge will not turn freely when the bridge is opened up. Well, of course. Now, if the hinge were to fail, the east lip span would be unable to open. So this is a two-year, $9 million project. It'll well, be completed by the end of the year. Well, I have... Okay, here's, here's how dumb I am. Let me ask you this. Don't ask me bridge questions, because I don't know. Why do you got to hate? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, no, but... Here's a bridge question, Tim. <laughs> now, okay, the Burnside Bridge, I'm always confused about it. Having lived here a decade, I still get the bridges confused. The Burnside Bridge lifts, doesn't it, to make way for ships? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Well, all the bridges lift, don't they? No, 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 but there's that one that doesn't. Which is the one that doesn't? The Solwood doesn't. Oh, the, the Interstate Bridge does. And the Interstate Bridge does. Well, it doesn't go over a river, does it? Well, no, it, okay. What's the one that's towards St. John's? The Interstate Bridge that's does. That's the St. John's Bridge. 
Okay, but isn't there one other than the Selwood Bridge that doesn't lift? The, the, Ross, Fremont, the Fremont Bridge. The doesn't Ross lift. Island Bridge doesn't lift The St. John's Bridge doesn't lift either. Okay, so the Fremont Bridge, the Selwood Bridge, the Ross Island Bridge, none of these bridges lift. So, okay, the Markham doesn't lift, Scotty has pointed out. Okay, the Burnside Bridge lifts. Yes. So is it lifting now? They're saying if they put the pin in wrong, it won't be able to lift. But my question is... I guess I it can lift. Isn't there going to be... But... They're looking for the uh, counterweight hinge. That hasn't arrived. So it doesn't seem like this is a thing. It'll be stuck. You can't do this repair in like 10 minutes, right? No, you don't buy these things at Home Depot. So this isn't They might and save a lot of money. There isn't like a... They probably have this thing in stock right now. (laughs) There isn't a two-page quick start guide. Do you have any Burnside Bridge parts over here (laughs) that we can buy? Uh, Yeah, they're right next to the grommets. Uh, So, but... So is there going to be a whole long period of time when no ships can go through because the bridge is just permanently closed? Not that we need ships going through anyway. What do we need them for? No, not that. It's just to piss people off. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the bridge is... Are they, Is the bridge's default position now closed or open while it's clo- while it's being closed. repaired? So, they, don't, they don't want to open it because they don't have the uh, the hinge assembly. No, no, no. They still allow, like, foot traffic and bicycle traffic can still go over it. So yeah. I guess my question is, is there going to be a whole long period of time when no ships can come down the river because... The bridge can't isn't operable. It can't be lifted or lowered. I suppose that would be the case. Yes. I just I would like to do anything if we could just string some twine or something across the river just to keep ships out. Just anything to keep sh- if we, I, anything to keep these bridges from going up ever again. That if I were elected, I'm telling you right now. Someday when I run for mayor, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be I'm going to I'm going to run on the, the bridge lifts are never going to happen again platform. That's going to be the sole platform. Just like when Howard uh, ran for governor of New York and his whole thing was about highway construction, my whole thing is going to be about the bridges. We are going to lift all the bridges about 50 feet so that they never have to open again. So that they can just stay. So traffic can go on them all the time, and so the, the ships aren't going to necessitate the closing of that. By the way, somebody sent this to me. This is from the Associated Press. Uh, Eileen Sullivan, Dateline Washington, says the Associated Press, the nation is preparing for its biggest terrorism or terrorism exercise ever next week. They do week. this every week. When three fictional dirty bombs go off and cripple transportation... That's what we like to hear is going to be happening, but they're going to be crippling something. And crippled transportation arteries in two major U.S. cities and Guam, according to a document obtained by the Associated Press. We can't let that happen at Guam. No, no, not Guam. Yet even as this drill begins, details from the previous national... Listen to this. Even as they're getting ready to do the the next drill next week, details from the exercise held in 2005 have never been publicly released, even though this information was supposed to help city officials prepare for the next real attack. Good that they're already planning for the next real one. Um, Let's see. So, according to an internal document obtained by the Associated Press, a fictional dirty bomb will go off in Guam... The steel bridge in Portland, Oregon, impacting major transportation systems, and uh, routes 101 and 202 in Phoenix. So that means people riding the Max are in trouble because the Max goes over the steel bridge. Does it? Yeah. Uh, see, I don't ride the Max. That's the, okay. It goes to the Rose Garden. Right? Yeah. So there that's you go. The, that's how it gets to the Rose Garden. So they're, the steel they're not saying what day it's going to be. Uh, and I don't think we've had any city. We've had some city employees uh, who've uh, sort of forwarded internal documents to us, uh, telling us that this is going to be happening. But I don't think we have the date of it actually. But at some point next week, according to the Associated Press, now uh, there is going to be a fictional dirty bomb explosion on the Steel Bridge, which is going to. And you know they're going to do it in morning rush hour. You know it. You know it's going to happen at like 7:15 in the morning. God damn. It, it already looks like a dirty bomb has gone off of Pioneer Cordell Square. Between the Max construction and that uh, uh, 
Macy's building? Oh man, I I was trying to go through I mean, downtown the other Berlin day. Berlin after World War II. Uh, it's I was I made the mistake, and it, it's that thing where you you sort of forget about it. It's sort of like um. It's like my brain is like that of a goldfish occasionally, where I only have a 30-second memory. I believe the goldfish is a very smart fish. I'll write that down, in case anybody asks me in the future. <laughs> Tim believes. Just in case somebody wants to know your status on, your stance on goldfish intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing that thing of cutting through downtown. I was trying to get over to Burnside, and like an idiot, I forgot until the very last moment all that construction. And you, you know, I take the sharp right onto sixth or whatever the hell it is, and then suddenly you realize, no, everything is compacted down to yeah. one lane. Everybody is trying to get to the one, and everybody has had the same bright idea that you had about, oh, I'll cut through the middle of downtown. And then there's immediately traffic behind you, and you could, you, and you might as well. It's, it's like an REM video. You might as well just get out of your car and walk because you're getting nowhere. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick, hey, how you doing? Hey. Tim, Sarah, hello. 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 Hey, uh, Rick, you know, I think that you, uh, I think you're on to something. I think that you should run for mayor. There's only one other person running for mayor, and uh, we need some stiff competition. The yeah. mayor doesn't really do anything. No, I mean, what is the, I mean, really, honestly, well, what is the last thing think... the mayor actually did? All right, mayor does nothing. Can you think of a more qualified candidate than myself no who's the other Scotty person Jay. who's <gasps> that's a great idea and we could make him our puppet we could we could totally we we could make scotty our uh we could make him our uh, our he's our mayoral marionette all right um you you, you realize that if scotty was ran for mayor he would be uh running as a republican right yeah but i mean you know he's not really a republican so it doesn't matter the the great thing about scotty is Scotty, I could leave this town no problem. He's without even hesitating. He's typing the screen. I think Scotty's got it totally sussed though. He is the perfect candidate. Um, he's a, a white man with perfect head of hair. Uh, right. He lives in the right. suburbs. I would gather, I would imagine he eats at the Olive Garden four or five times a month, probably when he's not at Applebee's. He's got what two children? He's got a he's got an, uh, an equally white wife. Uh, does, does, does 2.4 children. Lives in a house he cannot possibly afford. Um, I mean, really, this is, thinks, that, thinks that everybody ought to just yank themselves up by your bootstraps, but spends most of his time boozing. I mean, he really is he really is all things Portland. Hey, Scotty J., you really need to be running right now, today. He, he's also prone to making statements that make absolutely no sense. Now, really, honestly, who is running for mayor right now? Because it's not Tom Potter. Who is running? Sam Adams. Sam Adams. And that's who? The beer guy. Don't be, don't be smart. No, he's a commissioner or something. He's a, he was a very cat's right hand man. Hey, did you see that that um, the city commissioner that Britney Spears got on the wrong side of? Did you see that his name is actually Commissioner Gordon? No, I didn't <laughs> yeah. see that. How great is that? That is great. Commissioner Gordon was very angry at Britney Spears. <laughs> All right, excellent. Thank you. Good day. All right, that'll be our sole plan. I mean, I wouldn't too. hurt if Scotty was elected. The mayor doesn't do anything here anyway. No, he just guys uh, in a parade every now and then. Gets a, bumps his gums about illegal aliens. Uh, the no, we're going to run on the. All the bridges are going to be lifted by 45 feet so that they no longer need to be raised when ships come through. Platform. That's it, and that would get us elected. That's enough. To, I'm already talking about us in the plural. That's enough to put us in the, in the driver's seat, kids. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, there are other things going on. Uh, first of all, Britney Spears has been ordered to appear in a Los Angeles courtroom October 26th for a hearing in her child custody battle. L.A. Superior Court spokeswoman Al Perinci, let me try that one again. Who? Ellen Perinci said the judge issued an order until that hearing occurs. And I'm on the wrong screen. Here we go. There is joint physical custody of these two kids, but Mr. Ketterline has primary custody. There will be monitored visitation by Ms. Spears. 
Did you ever think you would hear that phrase? No. Mr. Federline has custody. Yeah. I didn't... I mean, the mind reels. It really does. Uh, Brittany was not present when the order was issued. Kevin Federline was in the courtroom wearing an eye patch. <laughs> that's what makes the entire thing genius right there. That's really what... Uh, that's what sells the whole thing. Oh, this sounds nasty. A guy driving a stolen car without any headlights on hit a police cruiser head-on in Northeast last night. This happened at Northeast 15th and Halsey. It began just after 7 o'clock when an officer found a stolen Honda as he was checking plates while he was on patrol. The officer decided to wait for cover, but until uh, before anyone sh could show up, the passenger got out of the car, forcing the officer to pull forward toward the vehicle. Then the driver took off in the car. The passenger complied with the officer. As additional units came in, the driver of the stolen car struck one of the police cars head-on at the intersection. He was driving the wrong way with, one, uh, with no headlights on. He's a 33-year-old Jason Bliss, uh, but they can't confirm his identity for some reason. Uh, depending on the extent of his injuries, Mr. Bliss may or may not be booked immediately. So that's that. The uh, Philippine government wants an apology from ABC for a remark aired on the hit television show Desperate Housewives. I know for a lot of women, the word menopause has negative connotations. They hear um, aging, brittle bones, uh, loss of sexual desire. Okay, before we go any further, can I check those diplomas? Because I would just like to make sure that they're not from some med school in the Philippines. <laughs> So they apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it wrong for me? Was I not supposed to laugh at that? Yes, you can laugh. It's a comedy show. Oh, there you go. That's very amusing. It's not the Philippines anyway. It's the Virgin Islands. Isn't that it? Or is that the same thing? They're not the same thing. No, they're two different places. All right. Yeah, the Virgin Islands. Isn't that where American uh, medical students allegedly go to get scam licenses? Like, they like, could, you can't. I know. It's like my brother. Like my brother went to get his. Uh, he didn't go to the Philippines, but, my, but this is a true story. My brother went to get his root canal done in Mexico. Oh. <laughs> I know. See, it hurts. It hurts just to hear that, doesn't it? My my brother James, um, because he's uh, because he lives in Scotty J's America, where he's just you know he's supposed to be working 23 hours a day to pay for his dental care. So he just he had to have a root canal, and he didn't have any dental insurance. Um, and was just you know he's a college student, he's dirt poor, and uh, couldn't get you know and the, and even having served, this is how this is how after this country is sometimes. And I'm not I will I'm not revisiting yesterday's topic. We've learned the lesson there. By the yeah. way, at any point should I try to have a serious discussion about current events? With Scotty, but I would like for someone to come and hit me in the back of the head with some sort of blunt object until I am rendered dead. Um, or as they say in Cannibal the Musical, dead, dead, dead. Uh, this is how screwed this country is sometimes. Though my brother served in the military. My brother was a Marine for four years and it's like still doesn't have adequate dental care. So, which I thought was the deal. I thought if you served in the military for like for four years that you that there was a the period of time where you got health care benefits in college and whatever. But I don't know. We'll have to ask Scotty what it was like when he served his country. My brother didn't, couldn't get dental care, and so he had to have root canal done because he's got like a hundred teeth and not enough room in which to keep them. And the, the, the dentist was like, "Yeah, so this is going to cost you know ninety thousand dollars or whatever." And my brother's like, uh, "Okay." And so he just went to Mexico and had his root canal done there. And he wrote this great long story about it that I know he was trying to get published somewhere, and I don't, I don't know that it ever did get published. But he wrote this long piece about. How I got my root canal done in Mexico and lived to tell about it. And it really is just everything you've imagined. It's like he describes at one point leaning back in the dentist chair as he's about to get his root canal done in, you know, 
Mexico City, where, where he's where the the air is so thick that you really you know you just have to carry a shovel with you to scoop it out in front of you as you walk, laying back in the chair and literally seeing like some large insect scurrying across the ceiling above him as water slowly drips into the corner of the room and there's like exposed ductwork everywhere and big clouds of dust billowing through the air. So don't get to, don't get your root canal done in Mexico, kids. It's a bad idea. Here's Tim Riley. Well, only 31% say they approve of the job the president is doing, according to a survey released today. Though his uh, positive rating has hovered at about that range since last year, the lowest previous approval in the survey was 32%, which was recorded several times. This is virtually even with the latest reading. Uh, Bush also reached a new low of 31% approving of his work on domestic issues such as health care. That's just below uh, June's 31%. The poll was taken as Bush was about to veto that measure, adding $35 billion to protect America's children. What was his approval rating on health care? Uh, 31. <laughs> so Bush and Congress have hit the lowest in the polls ever. Well done. Uh, Harry Truman's approval rating was 23% in both 1951 and 52. They were the lowest ever before that. And Congress's uh, Gallup poll low was 18% in 1992. So that's that well, Republican presidential candidate Rudy Giuliani is responding to uh, Archbishop Raymond Burke's position in denying Holy Communion to Catholic politicians who publicly express opposing views for the church. I'm not going to debate an opinion of, of an archbishop of the Catholic church or, a, or an official of a Protestant church or a rabbi. Or, I mean, that, that's an interpretation of religion. They're entitled to that interpretation of religion. I'm not running for... I'm not running for a religious office. People should be interested in my interpretation of the United States Constitution. He's Apparently, they're not interested in anything. The crowd noise is louder than no. <laughs> Shouldn't we keep the microphone pointed at him? I don't know. There's some crullers over here. He is never going to be president of anything. That guy is not going to be elected. He's not going to be elected to president of the, of the local flea circus. Well, it's got to be Hillary anyway, so why bother to vote? It doesn't. Well, because, look, here's the thing. Americans, and you know this, Tim, especially American Catholics, are just the most lackluster people on earth when it comes to religion. I mean, this the, 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 the big lie is that American Catholics follow what a bishop says or follow what the church They could care less. No. Once they're out the door, they're buying beer and getting ready for sports <laughs> and, on a Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. I mean, The Catholic Church has nothing to do with their lives. No, this is, well, the, and this is the Catholic Church's own fault. The Catholic Church has sown the seeds of their own destruction, by the way, uh, by offering deathbed recantations. Mm-hmm. I mean, by op- the Catholic Church forever has peddled the notion that as long as, as, long as you express uh, guilt for your sins and ask uh, Jesus to wash you clean, that you can make it through the gates. And also, by the way, by having a bunch of weird, insane gibberish like that, uh, are, and this is uh, not made up, and I think Kevin Smith actually even references this in Dogma, but there's that like, there's that archway at the Vatican that you can walk through that they open every now and again, and if you, it's just a doorway, and if you walk through it, according to church, according, uh, I believe, to Catholic catechism, uh, catechism, it's just a doorway that they open like once every couple of years, and if you walk through it, you automatically get to go to heaven. I mean, really... The time has come for us all to just act like adults. A magical doorway that you can walk through that will send you to heaven. It's just crazy. And uh, but, the, but yeah, but the, but the Catholic Church has said for the longest time that it doesn't matter what you can do. Uh, it doesn't matter what you participate in, how, how you live your life. As long as at the very end, right as they're reaching to unplug the life support system, you go, oh, I, do over it. Sorry. 
Jesus, you know, and then you can go to heaven. So therefore, no one pays any attention to what the Catholic Church tells them to do. Uh, they spend 75 years just whoring and drinking and boozing relentlessly, and then they try to, you know, they, they confess all at the end and try to get into heaven. But, but because Americans simultaneously they'll have this thing where they want to keep up this facade of being religious, while not actually being religious. So that's what's going to screw Giuliani. In fact, Giuliani right now won't even answer the question of whether he is a practicing Catholic. That's what's going to hang that guy. Somebody flat out said, because this, I think, is the second time that a member of the Catholic, the bishop in the Catholic Church has said that he would not serve him communion. Um, I think that happened a few years ago as well. And so they flat out asked him, they said, uh, Mr. Giuliani, are you a practicing Catholic? And he did that weird, well, that's not a question for me to discuss with the public. That's a question between, which is clearly a no. And so the... Um, and so the American people are never going to vote for a guy who hems and haws and equivocates about his own religion because that's how we like our leaders is to have this sort of Potemkin religiosity around them. Oh, then McCain lied and said he was a Southern Baptist when he was an Episcopalian. Really? Yeah, he got caught with that a couple of weeks ago. That does seem of course, like... nobody pays any attention to what McCain says anymore, but he did do that. That does seem like the kind of thing you could check, though. Yeah. Like that woman, did you say they busted that woman the other day who's been peddling this 9-11 survivor story for like six, mm -hmm. like six years? She's been doing speaking tours, and she wrote a book like How I Crawled from the Wreckage of the World. And it turns out she was in like Florida Poughkeepsie. the whole time. She made up a fiancé who died there. She was telling all these. And she had this whole Christopher Walken story she was telling about. And as I crawled from the wreckage of the World Trade Center, I passed a man who handed me his engagement ring. And his only words were, find my fiancé and give her this ring. And I mean... And everybody kind of went, oh, that's great. Let's, and, she was, and she had been hired to conduct tours at the Ground Zero site. And I think they found out that quite literally she was in Orlando when the whole thing happened. She just decided it was a good gig to get. What are you? Well, I'm a cab driver. What about you? I'm a school teacher. What about you? I fabricate 9-11 stories. Uh, hello. So what about I... you? I'm a school teacher. What about you? I'm fabricating a 9-11 story. Okay, you're freaking me out now. What are you doing? Who, me? Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, no, I wanted to tell you about the... Don't do that. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, how can I help you, sir? Oh, I was calling about the dogma thing. It's called yeah. plenary indulgence. Oh, and this is the the thing where you walk through the arch and then all your, yeah. your sins are forgiven? when you pass through the archway on the anniversary of a church, your, all of your sins were forgiven no matter what you did. Yeah, because my, my brother, uh, actually, when he was in the Marines, I was talking about it. When he was in the Marines, he went to the Vatican. Pay attention. He was, in, he was in Italy, and then my wife saw it, too. And it's, yeah, this door they open every now and again. And yep. it doesn't matter what you've done. You could literally have just come from firebombing a school. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter. You walk through the arch, all sins forgiven into heaven. Yep. Yeah. All right. There you go. Thank you. Quit repeating everything I say when I pick up the phone. That kind of freaks me out. It does. All right. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. A lady has fallen in the gorge. She fell 50 feet at Horsetail Falls. Apparently, she walked off the trail, and I don't think a sign said, walk this way to fall off a cliff. The woman was hiking when uh, she fell, so they sent somebody over there to dig her out wherever she is. Is she dead? No. Well, oh, okay. they don't know. Probably not. <laughs> That's the sort of accuracy that the CBS News Department mandates from all of its reporters. Well, it's entirely possible, but who's to say? Probably not. I don't know. Well, the Backstreet Boys are back, minus one. They're returning to the musical landscape this fall with a new album, the first in two years. Along with the NSYNCs, the group dominated the music scene in the mid to late 90s, defining the boy band genre with catchy pop tunes, ballads, and flashy dance moves. The boy band era has since tapered off, but Backstreet Music um, member Howie Dorrell says there is still a place for the Backstreet Boys in today's music scene. We actually partnered up with a great team of writers and producers and did some writing as well ourselves. 
on this record. That's always a good And uh, I think we put together a great album that I think people are going to really be happy. It's, you know, it definitely represents the Backstreet Boys of the old and the new. How he survived. And, uh, you know, we're just looking forward to moving on to this next chapter in lives. Uh, Nick Carter is there. How about Nick Carter, who says the Backstreet Boys have the potential to come back like other bands who dipped out of the music scenes before finding their audiences again. I don't know who that was. You know, Green Day oh, and really? Chili Peppers. Really? There was a bunch of albums that they just kind of like fell under the radar, but they were still doing their thing. The music was good. Then all of a sudden they came back because for whatever reason, whether, you know, music was ready to have them or, um, you know, it was just the right time or whatever. Yeah. But I think that that's exactly what it's all about. It's about us just staying, kind of staying the course and staying our path. Staying the course. Thousand points of light. That's what that. That's what that's about. I haven't heard that one. Is he really comparing himself to? Are they comparing themselves to Green Day? Yeah. Honestly, they're the same thing. Thank you for not saying Backstreet's back. All right, though. I, I do appreciate I that. Did. I know. It's beneath you. Uh, I know I said we were going to break, but let me read this one thing, and then we will do it. And I, have, I, I wasn't going to read this, but it, it dovetails perfectly. Um for this, by the way, picture pager style, I would like now everyone to go to rickemerson.com and look at visual aid number one for today's show. All right. This I'll story right really, the story is good, Amber. but the story becomes great if you are looking. My God, Alec Baldwin is fat. He's been fat for a long time. Oh, my Lord. When did that happen? Oh, he's... I'm looking at the, the 30 Rock ad here on the on the net. He's all kinds of bloated. He's, he's Jerry Lewis bloated. I was going to go with Michelin Man, but Jerry Lewis works too. All right, so, this, so please now to go to rickemerson.com, look at Visual Aid for today's show. Uh, the uh, horrible uh, visage that greets you there is that of Lou Perlman, uh, impresario behind the Backstreet Boys, Sync, O-Town, and others. This is from page six in the New York Post. Lou Perlman, uh, this is their writing, by the way. Lou Perlman, the hog-fat boy band hacho who created InSync, the Backstreet Boys, O-Town, and launched the careers of Justin Timberlake and Nick Carter, was, quote, a pervy pedophile who preyed on the young man he mentored. Mentored. Uh, says Vanity Fair. I would absolutely say the guy was a sexual predator. All the talent knew what Lou's game was. It's Steve Mooney, an aspiring singer who was Perlman's assistant. Some guys joked about it, but I remember one singer asking me, quote, Have you let Lou blank you yet? Mooney said he once asked Lou Perlman, known as Big Papa, what it would take for him to get it. This is so horrible if you're looking at this photo. What it would take for him to get into a band. He says, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Lou leaned back in his chair in his white terry cloth robe and white underwear and spread his legs, Mooney told Burrow. And then he said, and these were his exact words, You're a smart boy. Figure it out. Mooney added that a singer groped by Perlman had told him, quote, Look, if a guy wants to massage me and I'm getting a million dollars, you just go along with it. It's the price you pay. Phoenix Stone, an early member of the Backstreet Boys, tells Vanity Fair that Perlman was, quote, definitely inappropriate with Nick Carter. Nick Carter's mom, Jane Carter, wouldn't get into specifics, but said, quote, Certain things happened and it almost destroyed our family. I tried to warn everybody, all the other mothers. I tried to expose Lou Perlman, who is hideous, for what he was years ago. It gets worse. Tim Christopher, a member of Take 5, recalls that during a sleepover at Lou Perlman's house, yeah. anytime a grown man, especially one who looks like Lou Perlman, asks you to have a sleepover, that's when your internal klaxon should be going off. Says that during a sleepover, the music czar swan-dived onto his and another boy's bed and wrestled with them while wearing only a towel. 
which came off. Quote, we were like, hey, Lou, that's really gross. (laughs) What did I know, said Christopher? I was only 13. Rich Cronin, lead singer of LFO, they had that song Summertime Girls, recalled that Perlman told him, and this is Lou Perlman speaking to this young boy, told him of, quote, it's an ancient massage technique. If I massage you and we bond in a certain way, it will strengthen your aura. Sounds like a Catholic church thing. It really does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Hey, little altar boy. So... Wasn't that 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 song? I guess that's Soldier Boy. Altar Boy. I think there was a little Altar Boy song. Really, was there? In 1940s, yeah. Okay. Uh, We should take a break. Uh, Back after this, more of Tim Riley later on, Jim Roop. Top five musicians who died at the age of 27. And the uh, stories which are not quite bad enough to make it into the second worst story you've ever heard competition. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. I just sent you the creepiest photo ever, by the way. You have to open it on the air. Now, it's not. Don't open it quite yet. It was sent to me by um, Michael. A guy named I Michael sent someone it. sent that to me, too. Is it the electric fence? Yeah, he sent it to Yeah, I haven't looked at it, though. Okay, you should look at it. Now, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It's not graphic. It's not bloody. It's not disgusting. There's no nudity. Nothing that HR is going to get upset with. It's a, uh, it's a picture of a... Uh, well, I'll just let you open it on the air. And then we should post it so that we can punish others with it. Okay, am I looking? Yes. It's the creepiest photo ever. Okay, view. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's right there. Okay, here's what just happened. Are you still looking at it? Yeah. That that's, was enough of a view. Is that the one with his mouth wide open? Mouth wide and open. And it's the tight shot from, you know, close up? Yeah. Yeah. There's another one where he, from far away where he's just sort of wriggling under the, the thing, and he's sort of, like, looking at you like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Oh, um, that's weird. It's terrifying is what it is. And I'm not even, a, I'm not even afraid of those. That's, those aren't even a thing that scare me typically, but that's, that'll haunt your dreams. Um, here's what just happened. So Sarah is on the opposite side of this counter from myself. We're, we're at this sort of... Um, it's a U-shaped counter. Yeah, it's like a U-shaped counter. Sarah's in the middle of the U. Um... And so, yes, Sarah is in the middle. Tim and I are on either side. Tim got up, walked around the edge of the counter to look at the screen, and really hadn't walked more than a foot when he caught just the tiniest glimpse of the screen and kind of went, uh, no, and just sort of decided to walk back and not even get a closer look. Oh, speaking of uh, a horrible thing, so we had yesterday that photograph that purported to be of Anna Nicole Smith, um, I'm sorry for this, dead and covered in her own vomit. So now there's all of this speculation from people who are emailing me about about the photograph, that they think it may not be, that it's a real photograph, but it may not actually be her, uh, that it may not be her dead. So where is the, um, this guy says, and you posted the link to this on your site, did you not? Yes. All right. It says, Rick, I don't think the picture is of her dead. If you look at the muscles in her neck, she's holding her head up. I think the picture of, is just of her fried out of her brain eating. It looks like she just started spilling salad dressing on herself. So, um, so what happened in, in this occasion, did someone say, may I take a picture of you vomiting? Oh, please be my guest. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, they did point out that she looks a lot, um, that she looked much thinner when she was dead. 
I mean, not now, but I mean, right after she died, that she was very thin and that she does look sort of a... She I thought a, she would be more bloated then. She, well, I don't think bloating happens for some time. All of my knowledge about this comes from Silence of the Lambs, by the way, where they're analyzing that dead girl that came out of the river. Um, but I, I, she does look a little fuller figured here, so, in any event. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, three people were shot last night in Clackamas County, like that's any big surprise. This is a gun battle over marijuana. Uh, this happened at Southeast uh, 162nd Avenue. Two armed men went to the end of uh, an old back road and entered a house. The homeowner, who was armed with a shotgun, and his roommate tried to stop the home invasion. Uh, the two home invaders were shot, as well as the roommate. So at least they got a couple. It appears the unidentified suspects uh, suffered critical injuries since the lifeline was requested, but helicopters are unable to land due to bad weather. That's too bad. The roommate has non-life-threatening injuries, so he'll live to shoot again. The marijuana operation is modest in size, so will just have to try a little bit harder next time. It uh, sits on some 30 acres in uh, Clackamas County. Oh, was that Crystal Darkness thing last night? No, it's next week. It's next week. It's yeah. on my birthday. Oh, so we have lots, lots of time to celebrate, uh, to look forward to it. So, all right, there you go. Well, listen to this. A Rhode Island artist has been arrested for building a secret studio apartment in the storage area of his local mall. Oh, I saw this. No, oh, no, 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 no. I saw this online. This is the best thing I've ever it seen. Is. It is. Have you? Did you watch? Uh, did you go to the webpage and look at it? Yes, I did. It is wonderful. Yeah, this guy saw a mall being built near his home, and then they built, I guess, early on in the mall's construction, they had built a small room in the structure in which to keep uh, work tools. Yes. And then once the mall's construction was finished, that room was never used again. So the guy, over the course of some months, built a secret apartment inside the mall and lived there. Yes, Michael Thompson stayed on and off in the small apartment for four years. Four years before being discovered. I turned off the cell phone. I wasn't answering. I wasn't receiving mail. It was one of the first times in years that I felt a genuine sense of just sort of contentment. What's more blissful than actually having a beautiful space inside of the mall itself? It was. It's amazing. And yeah. I mean, I, and I think I speak for everybody. It's who American was, ingenuity at its finest. It really is. And what is more American than having an apartment inside a mall? You're close to everything. You're, I mean, he said the only complaint is there was no toilet, but he was actually working on that. Mm -hmm. He got nabbed by a security guard coming out of the place at one point. After four years, they finally, he's, he's like, my own lack of vigilance resulted in me being apprehended by the heat, the fuzz, the man, the dick, Johnny Law, Flatfoot. And so they nailed him coming out. And it's the end of a dream. And now he is banned from the mall for life, by the way. Darn it. He is never allowed to go back there. But his next step was to work on a toilet. But he had a kitchen. He had a living space. He had television. He had whatever. But as he said, that there was no, you know, he didn't have any cell phone. There was that no, you couldn't find him there. There was no address. So he could just go live there. And I think in a very real way, I think that taps into something. I don't mean to be all flowery about this. But I do think this taps into something very primal in each of us. Because... Uh, who would not like to have this? Who would not like to have uh, some sort of secret, off-the-grid apartment, much less inside a mall, that is completely and fully furnished, that no one knows about, at which you cannot have mail delivered, to which no one can call, but that has all the amenities? It really is the greatest thing. And I saw all these, photo, uh, these videos and photos from inside of it, and it just looks like the swankiest place anyway. Yeah. And he built it all himself. And it does sort of conjure up these memories of what is that book, the um, the mixed up files of Phineas T. Higginbottom or whatever the hell that book is about those kids who live in the museum, 
And then there's that movie about Natalie Portman living in a Walmart. Isn't that isn't that a movie where she goes and she lives in a Walmart for the summer or something? Maybe. I think I'm conflating a bunch of different things in my head. It really is great. Um, so I uh, anyway. So I think everybody would love to have a secret pad like this. Mm-hmm. He says that he and his friends brought in everything that was needed for this living space. Antique table, the television, a rug, and a sitting area, a dining area. Part of the thrill of it was just to make a house. And it's just great. It does keep. It does bring to mind there was this uh, back in the '60s. Mad Magazine had this great article they ran. It was a fictitious interview with a mall developer, and at the end of the article, in what must have seemed like a really forward-thinking bit of satire, this mall developer. Uh, revealed that in the next the next time he the next time he expanded his mall, although I don't think they called it a mall in the 60s, I think it was just called a shopping center. He revealed that the next expansion of his shopping center uh, would contain an apartment complex, actually within the shopping center, and that seemed really outrageous and satirical at the time. But that's what this guy was onto. It was fantastic. If you haven't um, if you haven't seen it, go to dig.com. It's digg.com. And you look for the article about this guy who built himself an apartment inside a mall. It's just, he just, I know I keep gushing on about it, but it just, it, I don't know what it just, it really does just resonate somewhere deeply inside me. Um, if you could offer me right now, I would, right now I'd rent an apartment inside a mall. Just this very day I would do that. Even right. Lloyd Center? Even Lloyd Center, Tim. Even Lloyd Center. Because they got that Cajun grill there. Well, a 37-year-old former Rainier teacher's aide, she looks much younger than 37. 37? Oh, hello. 17. 17. Yeah. Apparently, well, we know that she had sex with an 8th grader. Gets a year in jail. That's a beating. Christina Johansson read an apology in court, which said, There are no excuses for my behavior. She left the courtroom in tears. Mm-hmm. She'll spend 360 days in the Columbia County Jail. Her sentencing revealed new details about the case, including testimony from the victim's mother. During the sentencing phase, which began uh, yesterday morning, the 15-year-old victim's mom said Johansson became involved in every part of her son's life, school, home, and even church. Uh, she even asked to go with the family on summer vacation. That's so great. I mean, wrong. It's so wrong. Well, the mother of the second boy said Johansson befriended her son to make the victim jealous. So a therapist was brought in. She said the boy suffered post-traumatic stress oh, disorder. You know, the post-traumatic stress... I mean, this is just my theory, but the post-traumatic stress disorder just comes from uh, the fact that he got dumped by his girlfriend, right? I mean, that's clearly what... It's has anybody true. ever seen... And I'm, I don't mean to be flip. I'm asking this now seriously. Has anybody ever seen an interview with one of these kids who gets it on with some hot teacher where the kid is legitimately, honestly, really upset about the entire thing. It's always just a mom and some greedy lawyer who decided to try to take a chunk of change out of the, out of the teacher's hide. That's always what it is. No one has ever found a story where some, like, 12, 13-year-old boy, whatever, was really honestly angry about the fact that he was forced, forced to have sex with some hot woman in her, in her early 30s. It never happens. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, on that whole apartment in the mall thing. Yeah. For four years, in a lot of the western states anyway, he would have had squatters' rights, and they couldn't have kicked him out. Yeah, I, he said he got nabbed by some security guard as he was walking out one of these days. It just didn't he, uh, uh, you know, he was, he, he, he'd been there, and he'd always he'd covered his tracks, but he just got, he said he was going out late one night, and he was kind of tired, he was whatever, he wasn't thinking right. Open store, there's a security guard right there as he's coming in. The security guard says, what's in there now? And he looks in, and there's an entire apartment built in there. So, fantastic. Excellent. Thank you. Um... Reminds me of, um, well, I I guess I can tell this. Reminds me of years. This is years and years ago when I uh, when I worked in um, 
I worked in another state. This is many years ago. But I worked in another state, and there was a coworker of mine who at one point, and I won't identify who this was, but there was a coworker of mine who at one point floated the idea that a bunch of the guys from the station should all go in together and rent an apartment on the side that they could then, and I'm quoting this, he, this is his phrase, bring babes to. And he had this idea that it would, and I, I think he had some whole, some whole plan where it would be in, the, it would be in the name of some fictitious person who didn't really exist. Like it would be, you know, the apartment would be rented to like a huge ass or something. You know, some it would be be rented to some, uh, you know, some some fake guy. Um, and it, he, and it was, you know, because we all, like, you know, we all lived whatever. You know, some of us were single, some of us were not. Everybody you know, had their own place where they lived. But this guy had this great idea that he wanted to rent some other, some other apartment in some other part of town uh, that would then, it, it was sort of like the apartment with starring Jack Lemon, but without Jack Lemon, where then it would be an apartment that all the guys could use if they needed a place to quote bring a babe to. And, you know, that it wouldn't have a phone, it wouldn't have an anything, it would just be this standalone apartment that we all split the rent on, you know, like in threes, uh, so that we would have a, you know, have a babe lair. Friends of mine used to borrow my apartment for that scene. Really? You were the Jack Lemon? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you have to hang it, did you hang a coat hanger or something on the doors, or was there, was there a signal uh, so that, uh, you know, somebody would know when the apartment was in use? No, we, we just worked it out ahead of time. <laughs> were you, now, did you get compensated for this? Well... Let's see. I think somebody left some soda once. <laughs> but, you know, I, I felt good about it because the the friend of mine's wife kicked me and all the friends out of his life uh-huh. after they got married. So it was kind of our way of giving <laughs> so, back. So when he needed a place to take the other woman, you said, well, show her. You can bring her here yeah. anytime. Fred, you just let me know. Excellent. Exactly. Look at you, Tim Riley, being a play-up facilitator. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I've got a friend like that. He's kind of a nomad. Whenever he passes uh, like a, an abandoned house or something, he's always trying to figure out a way he could, he could live without being traceable. And he's actually uh, had a few of these places, um, a sort of a condemned kind of cabin out in the woods. He uh-huh. knew he- I yes. got Hello. the owner to uh, to let him live there for a while. He's, he's always looking to, to be someplace where he can't be no there there is something um there is something really appealing about as Chris Neven said here living off the grid uh it just having an apartment or a place or some place you live i think that's why a lot of people go and live in the woods for some period of time guys will go and they'll spend 2 weeks or whatever on a mountaintop or something um because it's just a place where you just don't want to be found where people can that as much as i'm not a traveling guy that was sort of appealing about being overseas because my cell phone didn't work there flat out didn't work and so unless I checked my email, there was literally no way to find me. There was, if somebody here had to find me, it couldn't be done. Um, and there's something that, that's sort of cool about that. That does sort of call that. That does resonate somewhere within, I think, especially the American psyche. Um, just to yeah. have a hideout of any kind. But yeah. now he's settled for just being an apartment manager at different places to where he can <laughs> have the little cubbies and storage areas. It's like being place. a realtor. It's like being a realtor. You need some place to crash for the night. There's always a house that you're not going to be showing anytime soon. A great show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. There was an episode of One Day at a Time, actually, where, um, God, who was the mom on One Day at a Time? Oh, that's one of those bits of information I filed away. I didn't think I was going to need it anytime soon. Not a Valerie Bertinelli. It was um, not Linda Lavin. I can remember every everybody but her. Not Christy McNichol. Not Pat Harrington Jr. 
oh, damn, this is how it begins. This is how your brain begins to flick away. Pretty soon I won't know where my car keys are. Who was the mom on one day at a time? Scotty, who was the mom on one day at a time? Bonnie I, Franklin. Bonnie Franklin. Bonnie Franklin. Thank you, Tim. Um, this is like one day at a time where uh, it's a long way to go for a stupid analogy. Well, Bonnie Franklin was engaged to blah, 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 some guy. This is late in the series. And she was engaged to a guy. And then they were, I think, living together. Or maybe they might have even been married at that point. It was late in the series, and I think I think Ms. Romano may have even been... She might have gotten remarried to whoever this guy was, this other this character. But it was revealed on a certain episode that even though they were married and he was living with her, he had kept his bachelor pad. Uh, he still had the keys, still paid the rent, and I think she discovered it when she was looking at the checking account or something one day. She discovered that he had kept his bachelor pad, and that occasionally he just went and hung out there. Um, and he explained that, like, well, it just signified his independence at a time when he was really, you know, you know, on his own as a man, and it meant a lot to him, and he hated to give up the bachelor pad because it had always been had such a great memory for him. Not unlike, you know, it's like on Six Feet Under. It's not unlike on Six Feet Under where Peter Krause discovers that place in the attic where his dad used to hide out or whatever the hell it is, that secret lair where his dad used to live. Um, so it's a lot like that. I see, and it's weird that I mention that and that you mention it, Tim, and that this guy has the same story. And I'm getting emails now. I don't know if I'm... Let's see here. Uh, Rick. Uh, where's this email? Um, some guy sent me an email about... Uh, looks like I've lost it here. Uh, Rick, there are secret offices placed strategically all over the U.S. Capitol, by the way, for senior lawmakers. Um, and then a guy here said, hey, I had exactly the same deal. A guy that I worked with said that we should split an apartment together in case we needed a place to bring a woman where she couldn't find us later. I thought I was the only one. And we never did it. But the idea always was a little fascinating to me, of just having this completely separate sort of untraceable apartment where you could just go and, like, seek refuge. Kind of like some sort of, like, like a suburban bomb shelter almost. So, interesting. All right. Yeah, but get if you get a chance, go look up this guy who built the, uh, built the apartment in the mall. I'm adding, pretty, uh, pretty I'm adding the link to my blog right now. Excellent. It should be up in a second or two. Uh, let's see. Oh, she says that living, this woman says, Tamara says, living in a mall is the uh, the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankenweiler, or Frankweiler. I think my uh, my wife has that book. Okay, it's on my blog. All right. And Dawn of the Dead as well. Thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, anyway, uh, William Jethro Galloway wrecked his pickup after leading deputies in a 150 mile an hour police chase and tossed beer kids out the window. So authorities weren't thrilled with the 26-year-old man's next move, swigging beer and giving them the middle finger. <laughs> authorities said he told them he was going to die fighting and swinging, but a taser shock ended that threat. <laughs> the Florida resident is being held on $8,000 bail. He's charged with driving under the influence, driving with a suspended and revoked license, aggravated fleeing, attempting to elude, and resisting arrest. Nobody was hurt. Excellent. Uh, the suspect rolled down the window and drank from a beer can while displaying his middle finger in defiance. <laughs> when Galloway would not get out of the truck, he started to reach in his glove box. A deputy fired a 15-second taser shotgun burst. Uh, Galloway told deputies he would have fought them all the way if he hadn't been shot with a taser. <laughs> if they hadn't electrocuted me. Rescue workers were called when Galloway passed out several times after telling officers he had been taking methamphetamine and drinking all day. He was uh, flown to the hospital and booked into the county jail. Hobbies include taking methamphetamine and drinking all day. Speaking of the don't tase me, bro, uh, uh, let's see. Fatboy has tipped me off to this. This is from our good friends at Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen.
that's the best thing I've ever heard. I look and I I love the uh, the please hammer don't tase him thing or whatever we played yesterday. This one though, which I believe is the creation of one Dan Bozik from KUFO, this so far outstrips that in terms of genius. The th the thing about that um, please hammer don't tase him or they can't tase this or it's funny, but about. 40% of the humor from that uh, can't taste this, the MC Hammer one, comes from the visual. Because the visual, it's edited together with, a, it, it's half of the kid being tased and half of MC Hammer dancing. And so it's sort of funny because it sort of gives the impression that MC Hammer is just sort of blithely dancing away while the kid's being tased right in front of him. Sort of like a, sort of some sort of choreographed accompaniment to the whole thing, like some sort of interpretive tasing. This, let's play this one more time. This really works by itself as a musical composition. Thank you from Bozik on KUFO. This is, one more time. Genius, thank you. Somebody just told me that that's Bozik's cell phone ring. That's so great. I want to call him all the time now. That's wonderful. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, what's happening? What's up, brother? Hey, um, did Tim say that uh, that last guy uh, in the news story that he was charged with uh, aggravated fleeing? Tim? Aggravated yeah. fleeing? Aggravated fleeing. Please to be defining it's Florida. It is Florida law. Yes, uh, they make their own rules in Florida. I'm not really As sure. we found out during the last election. I suspect the, that... Uh, election before that. I think aggravated fleeing might be when you're fleeing and then just as sort of a bonus, you kind of punch the cop in the face on the way out the door. That would be my suspicion. I'm confused. I believe okay. it, it might have been the finger gesture that it's that might be that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Annie was giving them the finger, which is actually against the law in most states. Even in Florida. Yeah, so they, it's, it's best not to try to figure out the machinations of Florida legislative uh, decisions, but that way lies madness. Interesting. I'll be much more careful next time I'm fleeing. All right, thank you. Okay. Don't taste me, bro. All right. I saw a shirt. There's a shirt, and I saw a bumper sticker the other day, actually, that said, Don't taste me, bro. It's already it's spreading like wildfire. The meme is everywhere. Rick, I was driving when you brought up the story about Lou Perlman, and at your behest, I was compelled to pull my car over and bring up the visual aid of his face on my Blackberry. God damn, he says, talk about good old-fashioned nightmare fuel. Took a couple of minutes to stop the dry heaves. Fine work. Signed, uh, Butch Otter. I barely knew her. Here's Tim Riley. Well, oh, oh this is from Florida also. Mm. I'm sorry, it's from where? Florida, state of Florida. Damn it. All right, here's Tim Ryan. I win. A woman who had both her breasts mistakenly removed after a lab oh. headquartered out of Florida apparently switched her tissue specimens with a patient suffering from cancer is, well, she's a little aggravated at the moment. Derry Eisen is a 35-year-old single mother. She said she was recently diagnosed with a highly aggressive form of breast cancer. And she did all the right things. She had a secondary opinion two weeks after the operation. The doctor called and told her about the mistake. Oh. They told me, basically, uh, you don't have cancer and you never did. The tissue uh, was apparently mislabeled by a lab technician. Uh, somebody should have told me that there wasn't anything wrong with me before I had a radical double operation. 
The real cancer patient in the apparent mix-up underwent uh, undiagnosed for months, apparently. And she's filed a lawsuit. Yeah, I, I would think so. And the company uh, released a statement saying, Our hearts go out to Miss Eason and her family. You'd think you wouldn't use The a... company defended its labs. Yeah. They found no other major problems. <laughs> really? Apart from the inadvertent double mastectomy and also not treating this other woman's cancer for like a year. Mm-hmm. Our hearts go out. You think that they would avoid any sort of phrases referencing the removal of body parts at this point. God damn. Yeah, they're going to be more sued than anybody in the history of suing. Because because it's not just her. Sarah's still clutching her bosom. Even as we speak, that might actually be the worst thing I've ever heard here on KCMD Portland. Mm -hmm. And that is saying something. A CBO station. Zing. Here's Tim Riley. That is awful. Yeah, I'm never going to think about that again. I'm flushing that out of my head. I gotta have this, what I gotta have something to get out of the mic. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. So this has been officially called on North Interstate Avenue for decades in uh, Portland, but some people are calling for a new name for the roadway that used to be the first Portland freeway, and the proposed name comes in controversy. They want to change it to Cesar Chavez Boulevard, which honors uh, the man who helped organize migrant farmers. Well, last night, Portland officials got an earful from angry neighbors who opposed it, so apparently more people who showed up opposed it than were for it, but the government will do whatever they want. They, they don't care what the public thinks, really. Uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton has jumped to an astounding 33-point lead over Barack Obama, topping her main rival in almost every major slice of the electorate. Clinton got the support from a full majority for the first time in any national survey about the Democratic presidential field. She's backed by 53% in the latest Washington Post-ABC News poll. Obama falls uh, behind with 20%. John Edwards only 13%. Why is he campaigning? The contours of the survey are striking. Clinton uh, leads her rivals in almost every major policy issue and gets backed by an astonishing 66% on health care. I, I guess you know that, Scotty? I don't understand. <laughs> in your face, Scotty. I, uh, the, 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 I don't understand why it's astonishing to anybody. Who else are you going to vote for? Like anybody's going to vote for John Edwards. It's not going to, as, Phil, as Dr. Phil would say, not going to happen. It's, the thing about it is, it is, it is a, what is it that guy says in Titanic? Is Titanic will founder. It is a mathematical certainty. It is a mathematical certainty that Hillary is going to win, and I'll tell you why. Because eventually, Barack Obama will fight the good fight, but he will he will surrender and bow to the inevitable. Uh, he will become Hillary's vice presidential nominee, and that's yes. it. That's done. We said that was going to happen in the first. Place. No, it's absolutely going to happen once. And we know. We see all. We are the oracles of such things. We are the all-seeing phallic eye of Sauron. Once Barack Obama. Gets behind Hillary as her as you know as her vice presidential candidate. That's it. It's done. It's locked up. It's sealed, because she's got what? What is hers? Fifty three. Yeah, fifty three percent of the latest to Washington Post. Fifty three. And so if you fathom in fathom if you factor in Barack Obama, I need more coffee. If you factor in Barack Obama, that is seventy five percent. That is three out of every four Democratic voters. The Republicans can't even get half of Republican voters. So that is three out of four Democratic voters. Uh, once Barack Obama makes it official that he's going to be her vice presidential candidate, and that's it. Done. Finished. Over. Because it's not just going to be the 75% that they represent right there. It's probably going to be closer to 90% because most of the undecideds or most of the Edwards people will come over to their side of the fence because they just loathe the GOP so much. And the GOP will never, ever 
find somebody with a high enough approval rating to surpass that kind of number. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, really, this is one of those things where this is like one of those things in baseball where somebody gets up by like 14 and a half games or something and it's a mathematically insurmountable lead. I mean, the GOP ought to just... Do one for the Gipper and vote Hillary. This... This is sort of like this is uh, this ought to be like that Tom Cruise movie. What was that Tom Cruise movie where they're doing the uh, where they were the future crime thing? What was that? It was that Steven Spielberg movie with Tom Cruise where they were arresting people for Minority Report. This is like Minority Report, where the Republicans just ought to look far enough ahead and see that they can't win and just start plotting uh, for 2012 because it's over for them. They're done. They're finished. They couldn't be more finished. They'd never shown up. Here's Jim Riley. Who's Sam Lupty? Who would hang around with Britney? I'm sorry. Sam Lufty. Is that the college guy that was getting it on with her in the hot tub? Oh, it may be. Well, inside sources say Brittany and Sam Lefty got into a major big fight this morning at Spears' home. No, that wouldn't be him because, uh, no, because he, 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 that was in Hawaii, and he apparently never saw her again. And now they say the report from OK Magazine is not true, despite their claims that Brittany will be checking into rehab. Sources inside that uh, drug user camp tell the insider she is not seeking treatment for her addiction. No, of course not. Her cousin, Allie, did move out of Brittany's home uh, yesterday, and she's still working for the mother of two as an assistant. I, why would she go to rehab? It, you do understand that yesterday she actually chose to go get a drink as opposed to go to court to try to retain custody of her children. Mm-hmm. Well, should I go to court or should I? Uh, no, I'll just, as, as Merle Haggard once said, I, I'll just stay here and drink. So, all right. So that's that. Okay. See, we already did. Oh, listen to this. Uh, there won't be little ghosts and goblins at Cole Elementary School in Bloomfield, Colorado, this Halloween. In a newsletter sent home to parents, Principal Cindy Kayer wrote that the traditional Halloween party celebrated in classrooms every year will be replaced by a fall party. And because the party is focused on fall and not Halloween, children can't wear costumes unless they dress up for fall. Uh, parents expressed frustration that they weren't included in the decision. The decision came after a discussion that culminated from an emotional meeting with teachers that focused on school holiday parties and how Cole could continue to celebrate without leaving anyone out. Well, that's a bunch of crap. What is, that I, is a bunch of crap. Why are, they, why are they getting rid of Halloween? They don't really say. They say at least some kids out. I don't know who would leave out. Who is left out by celebrating Halloween? Not me. I always get a costume together. We're oh, man, together. I have the greatest costume this year, and I don't typically dress up. Uh, I don't really dress up for work. I'm not that you guy. You costume? I do. I yeah. Do you have the secret, like, costumey life that I don't know about? Well, you've seen me in a costume almost every year because this yes. will be the first... The listener parties. I think this will be the first year... We didn't have one last year. We didn't have one last year. So last year was the first Halloween that we didn't do a listener party when we were on the air. So you've seen me in, in costume almost every year that we've known each other. That's true. You and I have always had matching costumes, though. I just... You know what I don't... How strange does that sound? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's not going to be the same with our matching costumes, Rick. I, uh, what, I, what I don't typically... I don't typically go out to Halloween parties or the gatherings or whatever because I'm... Uh, I'm always at I'm always at home waiting for children who never arrive. I'm waiting I'm waiting for a doorbell ring that never comes. You can come and hang out at my house because there are tons of children in my neighborhood. Yeah. I don't, you and Muppet can hang out. Muppet has a bee costume this year. Aw, uh, really? And, yeah, and you can give all the kids children. I don't like children except on Halloween. Halloween is the only day of the year in which I can tolerate children. It's it's it, it, it's like I build up I fortify my my you know my my whatever. I uh is the B costume worse than an A costume? We've all just become incredibly dumb in the last 60 seconds, all of us. I can't find my right words. Tim just made that joke. 
Um, oh, that was bad. Too. No, I. Uh, but it, it's like I. It's like for one brief night, uh, I can I can ward off my hatred of children long enough to give them candy. But they but they never show up in Southeast Portland. And like, I got to tell you, my house was decorated uh, like a bastard last year. I had decorations everywhere outside. I had. This is what I did last year. This is how retarded I am. Uh, last year, not only did I have my huge jack-o'-lantern on top of the roof, not only did I have my haunted mansion hanging in front of the house, I had little bat things. I had like a stain. I had like a cast iron owl with glowing eyes that I hooked up in the front of the house. And then, here's to, to the extreme to which I took it last year. I actually dragged these, and I have a great stereo system. I don't have a great TV, but I have a pretty great stereo system. Uh, the speakers are nice anyway. I took the speakers and I actually mounted speakers on the outside of my house last year. Uh, and then I found like spooky Halloween music that I myself constructed and painstakingly assembled for many weeks. And so if you were to go by my house uh, last year, you would have seen all of these decorations, the jack-o'-lantern, the glowing thing, the porch light on, a huge thing in the window, and you would have heard uh, Halloween music booming out of this gigantic speaker mounted on the front of my house. You know how many children came to my house last year? Two. Two. Between yeah. like 7 p.m. and midnight, when I finally said, F this, and I just turned everything off and went to bed, two children came to my house. I, I suppose, depending on what you play, that can scare some kids away. Oh, it was terrifying. Like music from 101 Strings or something like that? No, it was... Barry Manilow. Uh -huh. It was um, somebody ought somebody to do that some House of Tacky Horrors. It's just Marvin Gaye's sexual healing playing over and over. Hey, Mandy, over and over again. <laughs> Loud. Uh, no, it was creepy. I it was terrifying music because I'm not I'm not playing the ma Monster Mash and I don't go and I get I don't go get like the dollar ninety nine cassette at Woolworths that has like the clanking chain sound effect looped for an hour. I mean, this was music that I had painstakingly created and mixed uh, myself. Which which no one cared about. Two children came to my house, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you little bastards. I had like five bowls of candy. Many varieties I had. Well, in your neighborhood, they probably started out to go, but they got tangled up in drug deals. I was just going to say, because the guy across the street was giving up meth. Mm -hmm. And so they just kept going back to that house all night. <laughs> running faster and faster each time. So, no, so F that. If I put something in your mouth, when you can put it up your nose. <laughs> Life lessons. All I really need to know, I learned from Tim Riley. Someone make that poster now. Uh, anyway, so, but you have kids come to your house? Yeah, well, I haven't. I didn't live in the same house as Halloween, but um, every house on my block has at least seven children. You live in a very in residential neighborhood. Very much so. Tim, do you have kids come to your house? They do, but for some reason, people are never home. <laughs> it just works out that way. Oh, I feel bad for poor Muppets this year, too. I like how you, your, your delivery of that was perfect, as though it's just a complete and total enigma to you, too. I can't figure it out. I, The house always seems to be vacant. <laughs> With an electrified welcome mat. Um... Well, anyway, so, uh, but last night, I did come up with a great Halloween costume. So I almost have to go somewhere this year because I'll tell you this: I hate to prick everybody's balloon here, but I uh, we're not going to be doing a Halloween party this year, and I and I because they've never gone well. They've never gone well. I mean, they've been decent. There was only one that was flat out terrible. But our Halloween parties are always just a little. They always just sort of they pale a little bit. They're always just never quite as good as they ought to be, and they're never quite as good as the regular listener parties. So we're not going to be doing a listener party this year for Halloween. Um, 
And I'll be damned if I'm going to spend like nine hours dressing up my house for some little bastard children that never show up. So, but I, and I hate to be, and I'm not that guy who comes to work in a Halloween costume because that's just, because that's just for retards. So I'm not going to do that, but I will have to find somewhere to go this year if only so I can use this costume that I dreamt up last night. And it's, and I, it's a costume that I've never seen anybody do. It's obvious. You'll see it. You'll get it immediately. You will instantly know what the costume is, but I've never seen it done. So, well, you tell me what it is so I can tell you if I've seen it. Uh, you should just tell me. I won't tell anybody. All right. I'll tell both of you. I'm going to turn off the microphone right now, and I'll tell you both. Then i got breaking news coming up. Oh, really? Okay. So we'll do my Halloween costume, uh, which you all won't hear, and then we'll do breaking news, which you will hear. Uh, hang on a So what do you think? So can I do that? Yes. 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 All right. I think you're going to look hilarious. Wherever you're going that night, I'm going. All right. No, and, I, and the thing is that costume is really easy. The clothing part of that is really easy to do. The prop, I know exactly where to get it, and it's cheap, too. The prop is really inexpensive. You to get enough to make it work. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, th- that could be everywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, breaking news. This is a CBS Net Alert News Bulletin. Dateline, Washington. Idaho Senator Larry Craig has defiantly vowed to serve out his entire term, despite losing his court attempt to rescind his guilty plea in the men's room sex thing. He said, quote, I have seen that it is possible for me to work here effectively. (laughs) That is his written statement. It'll disappoint his fellow Republicans. Come and get him right now. Yeah, fantastic. He's waiting for you. Oh, there's going to be a blanket party held for some He will not quit. Oh, that's wonderful. Good for you, sir. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's uh, up? I heard the story about the, the gal in Florida that had both of her uh, breasts removed. Yes, let's bring up the choice as often as possible today. Absolutely. Let me make it a little worse. Imagine if it had been a man and he had testicular cancer. Now, that's... I don't really know that that's worse. It's all a relative statement. I don't think that story's worse to Sarah, for example. Um, well, have you seen that clip on, uh, on YouTube uh, about the guy... It, it's it was from the Netherlands I think or Scandinavia or I don't know there's some some damn place um, where there's some place where they they talk like Hergen Flergen Fjorgen Fliegen. Have you seen that show though? It's like an Oprah Winfrey Montel type show, and it's in some Scandinavian country, and it's they're interviewing a guy whose junk was inadvertently uh, amputated by the hospital. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay, it's the greatest thing, and here's why. Because it is clearly one of those Dr. Phil Montel-type shows where there's the audience, there's the host, and then there's the guest with the touching story. Uh And so the guys, and they're giving the introduction, and the one I saw was subtitled, but they're giving the introduction, and the host host says, and this is all in, like, Norwegian or whatever, but the host says, and now my next guest is, you know, whatever, John St. Franklin, and he went to a hospital, a very uh, tragic accident, where... um, his testicles were mistakenly removed uh, unnecessarily. Uh, let's now welcome to this uh, Swedish Montel show, uh, John St. Franklin. John. And then the camera goes to the guest, and the guest opens his mouth. And I swear to God, the voice that, come out is, the voice that comes out is sort of like a, Well, I 
to the hospital. And then the host just loses it. The host just loses it and begins to sob with laughter on television. And then repeatedly over the next two, I wish I could find this, re repeatedly over the next two or three minutes, the host continually tries to rein in his laughter and tries to get himself under control. But every time the guest opens his mouth to talk about how his testicles were accidentally removed by the doctor, the host just begins to laugh again. And the audience starts getting angrier and angrier at him. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So if I can find that, I'll play. And, it, you know, it's so funny. It's so hilarious that it works even if you can't understand an, a, a word of what they're saying. Even in, like, Norwegian, it works. So Strictly by tone of voice. Yeah, no, because you that setup is all you need. Host on serious program interviewing a guy whose testicles were accidentally taken off at the hospital. That's all the setup you need, and the clip is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And they're just... Adult, uncontrolled laughter. Yeah, yeah, because, and he's on live television, and the camera never cuts away, and the guy is clearly mortified that he is laughing at this guest, but he cannot stop himself. And every time the guest goes to speak, and it's, well, I, you know, and the, the host just loses it again. So I'm going to try to find that. We'll play it. If at, at any point did it zoom in on the guest's uh, crotchal region? <laughs> no, no, but his wife is sitting next to him the whole time, and she doesn't look very happy about the whole thing either, probably for several reasons. Thank you. Yeah. Thank All you. Right, bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. Listen, about Halloween, uh, there are some Christian fundamentalists that uh, don't want their kids to celebrate it, but uh, a lot of, of uh, who doesn't celebrate it are uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, yeah, they don't find anything fun. They don't like Christmas I, I either. Know. They don't, uh, Jehovah's There's Witnesses. There's something wrong with people who don't like Christmas. No, really, honestly, if somebody's offering to give you free candy and, you know, brightly wrapped Present. presents and you say no, there's something really wrong with well, you. Well, I... Like you say, any I mean, then you know, there's the problem with Christmas and all this other kind of stuff. So, I mean, actually, though, if you think about it, if you take a really pragmatic view, and sometimes we rail about, you know, the the tax money and everything going to waste. If you think about it, maybe the best thing to do is just quit celebrating any kind of holidays in school and just send them there. Hey, there you are, eight to two, study and learn, and that's it. Yeah, let's make school even more uninteresting and useless for children. The holidays well, are the only thing. Uh, holidays were the only good thing about school uh, when I went there. I mean, there was really nothing else I remember from school. All I, all I remember were those days. All right, thank well, you. Well, you should be remembering things like your uh, quantum physics and, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, history and all that stuff. I can't even find Iraq on a map, sir. I used to live down the street. Thank you. I used to live down the street from, I'll help you. Some, Jeho some, from some Jehovah's Witnesses. And don't let, let me just say at the outset, Jehovah's Witnesses are no more, no more or less insane than any other religion. They're just insane in a different way. Um, but we were talking about how I went to a Catholic school, and it, like all Catholic schools, they were somehow, and I think George Carlin made this observation. Do you ever notice that it's like God is all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, but he's just not good with money. And so you're always having to go get more money for God. And so the Catholic school would send me out, raise money for the Lord. And I'd be well, he's all-powerful. Shut up. Go get money. And so one of the things they would have us sell at this Catholic school was uh, we had to sell bad candy bars, and then we also had to sell Christmas cards. And so here I am, good little Catholic boy, walking up and down my street, trying to guilt trip my neighbors into buying greeting cards. And then one of my neighbors are Jehovah's Witnesses. Of course, I didn't know that. And so I, I must have been about eight or nine years old. I knock at the door, you know, then, and they answer, hello. And I, hello, I'm trying to, uh, now I sound like the guy with no testicles. I'm selling Christmas cards for, um, selling Christmas cards for my Catholic school. Would you like to help support Jesus? And, and the woman just says, oh, I'm sorry, we don't celebrate Christmas. And I didn't, I, I didn't know how to respond to that. It just shattered my whole worldview. And she shut the door, 
And it just, for the rest of my life, uh, there's, that house just seemed to have a black cloud over it in my head. I mean, just a house where they didn't celebrate Christmas. And you know what? They had kids that I was sort of friends with, and they just always seemed so sad and unhappy. And now I know why. I mean, really, I know why that is now. Okay. This is, let's see. Let's see. I think I've, uh, I think I've found this here. Okay, hold on. Let's see here. This is, I don't know what, uh, it's a Belgian talk show. And the guy is interviewing a guest, and the guest's testicles were inadvertently removed by the hospital. Now, you don't really need the video. Just know that once the host starts to laugh, he then the camera is never panning away, so he's not given a moment's relief, and he is constantly trying to refrain from laughing, uh, from laughing for the rest of this interview. So this is, uh, he will first introduce the guy on the subject of medical malpractice. Um... And so this guest inadvertently had his um jij had een normaal leven daarvoor en toen plots kom je uit narcose en dan merk je dat het leven niet meer hetzelfde zal zijn. Hoe reageer je daar dan op? Ja, eerst met de This is the wife. Ongelooflijk is eigenlijk het Right there. And then that's the husband. Let me back up there. Ja, uh, eerst met heel veel ongeloof. Ongeloof is eigenlijk het juiste woord. Ongeloof is eigenlijk het juiste woord wat ik bij hier hanteert. Dat, dat was bij mij dus ook mijn eerste gewaarwording. En ik dacht, dat, dat kan niet. Dat, uh, dat mijn, dat... dat kan niet, hè? And so, so the, every time the guest speaks, he has this Mickey Mouse voice happening, and the host is so badly trying to stop himself from laughing, but just can't quite do it. He can't quite pull it together. So he keeps saying, so this is he's saying, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, I apologize. Is het niet alleen het fysieke dat telt, maar ook soms de, de lieve woordjes. So there you go. Okay. Hi Tim. How are you? How are you doing over there? I couldn't be better. All right, let's get these two calls, then we'll take a break. We'll come back with more of uh, Tim Riley, top five Jim Roop coming up later. All that higher on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey Rick. Hey. I was calling to tell you, I'm a, I'm a carpet cleaner, and I was doing a, a lovely lady's apartment. That happened to be wearing a moo moo. Mm-hmm. Um, see, on her TV, they have a new show that she was watching. It's uh, Security Guard from Jerry Springer. Oh, Jerry, what's his name? Jerry Doyle. Yeah. No, Steve. Isn't that his name? Jerry? Steve. Who's Jerry Doyle? Oh, he's our actual, he's another talk show. Steve, what's his name? What is his name? I forgot what his last name is, but I, I could not take my eyes off because he's caked in makeup. And on the bottom of the screen, how they show what the uh, show's about. It's my son beats me on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
so this, the lady that I'm cleaning their carpets for is totally enthralled in it. I'm trying not to watch it, but they bring the guy out after interviewing the mom. Uh-huh. And Steve pretty much just sits there and flexes on him the whole time while they're talking. And it's like... Fantastic. It's the worst show, so I'm just letting you know next time you're unemployed what you have to look forward to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you All so right. much, sir. It is a great country where you can uh, you can get... Um, a talk show for no real reason other than you were a bald guy on another show who had to beat Hicks when they got out of line. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I was talking about the Halloween thing. The reason you never see any kids in Southeast is because they're all down at East Moreland. That place is a zoo on Halloween. What is uh, what, uh, what is East Moreland? I mean, for what? Oh, it, it's a little residential uh, pocket of goodness. And, oh, do uh, they do one of those? Is, it, is that one of those things where they round up all the kids and they take them to some other safer neighborhood to... Uh... Well, kinda, it, it's half that, and it's half the fact that, like, most of the houses there give out great candy. Right. All right. Well, at least that's that's one step above trick-or-treating in a mall, which is, like, the worst thing I've ever heard in my well, life. Well, it, so. it, it, it's definitely as crowded as one of those situations. All right. Anyway, thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's hey, up? My wife grew up Jehovah's Witness, uh-huh. and she was telling me this one embarrassing story. Some kids came to her house for trick-or-treat one year, and her mom passed out Watchtower magazine, oh, oh, which is a oh, religious oh. publication. Oh, yeah. No, that's bad. <laughs> Look at those. Oh. And the kids she went to school with. Of course. And, and, and it's always done in the presence of the kids you most want to impress, too. Oh, yeah. No, that's the uh, that's even worse than the guy. Like, we had – this was the block I – the block I had had four cops on it. So there was no fun to be had. On right. my block at all, because the cops would always, you know, you you, you want candy, you want to, you know, the guy, some, you'd always hear mythical stories about some neighbor somewhere that handed out, like, quarters or something. No, this guy would give out, like, a, like a pencil eraser. That's what you get. Right. And it was, and you were supposed to be really into it because it was a pencil eraser shaped like a shoe. You know, she was like, it was supposed to be really cool. There was a guy in our block for a while, only for about six months, but it was enough for one Halloween. He was a dentist, and I swear to God, you would go to his house on Halloween, and he would give you a goddamn toothbrush. I mean, what kind of soulless monster <laughs> gives children too. toothbrushes? It's the worst thing on earth. Ridiculous, yeah. All right, thank you. Thanks. All right, we have to break. Um, come back after this. More of Tim Riley. The top five coming up. It is High Concept Thursday, so we'll get to that. The uh, top five musicians who died at the age of 27. And Jim Roop talks about the ladies with Britney Spears. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. says, Rick, I've been expecting this Halloween party all damn year. I just spent $1,200 on a Nazgul costume, and you just took away my only chance for me to wear it, you ass. That's what we do, sir. Sorry about that. It's 503-733-2970. Rick, are you going to be reincarnating the celebrity name combination costume? How about Dirty Harry Potter? Ha ha. No, we're not going to be doing that. That time has passed. Didn't we say, didn't somebody say Emmanuel Louis Farrakhan? Did we come up with that? Was that last year or was that somebody saying that to me recently? Somebody recently suggested Emmanuel Louis Farrakhan. Also not a thing I'm going to be dressing as, by the way. Uh, coming up here in just a skosh, we'll do uh, today's top five. Top five musicians who died at age 27. Jim Rupel will join us later to talk about Britney Spears. And we have a uh, high concept 
Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it is Tim Roddy. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Tony, the Bayern Idaho Senator Larry Craig defiantly vows to serve out his term of office despite losing his court attempt to rescind his guilty plea for his men's room sex sting. Uh, this happened moments after uh, Governor Butch Otter relayed word that he had selected his replacement in the event of his resignation. He said he's, uh, let's see, so he's going to stay there. He, there's no way that he's leaving. That is so great. Oh, by the way, so it's shaping up to be the best month ever. So Larry Craig, how long is his term? I should know this. When does the term run through? It's through next year? Yeah, and he's not going to run again, no. No, but I mean, that's a full year for him, just to, for the Republicans just to have to live with that guy around. I mean, do you think he's going to stick with it or do you think he's going to reverse himself? I mean, do you think that somebody's going to stick with it? Uh, yep. God bless you, Larry Craig. We should call his office right now. Scotty, please to be finding the number for, for Senator Larry Craig's office. I wish to call and commend him uh, for his integrity and uh, to ask him to please, please, please not reverse this and to stay in office forever. And ask if he's gay. Then, and also ask if he likes uh, candlelight dinners and men who aren't afraid to cry. Um Anyway, uh, so there's that, and then this just said, uh, got an email from a city employee who asked not to be identified who said, by the way, that dirty bomb exercise is Monday through Thursday. Oh. <laughs> How many dirty birthday. bombs are there? I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I'm just repeating what the email says, but we have no reason this person has been accurate about such things in the past. So apparently the steel bridge will be closed for four fun-filled days next week, so uh, get ready for that. Well, that's just silly. Yes, it is. I wish I could be the person who writes this foolishness and expects people to read it. It says here, It's only October, but heavy snow in the mountains serves as a reminder that it's that time of the year to start thinking about winter driving. Oregon AAA offers a number of safety tips. Really? First, if it is wet or slick, slow down. Allow extra stopping distance between you and the vehicle in front of you. Before a long-distance winter trip, watch the weather forecast. <laughs> if it's especially bad, delay your trip. Stay on the main highways and roads. Let somebody know what route you plan to take. Always keep your gas tank at least half full. Pray to the God of your choice. Carry a cell phone with emergency numbers along with a rechargeable flashlight. Plan in advance. Which of you will be eaten? Extra clothing and blankets. If you become snowbound, stay with your vehicle. No one's, you know, people get killed ignoring this anyway. So no, why true. should we care about that? Well, this is like the other day when I, I bicycled to work wearing only, a, like, well, not only, but I mean, no, wearing only a sweater. Uh, no, but with no rain gear, I just had that uh, that military sweater that Shane guy gave us because I didn't listen to you, Tim Riley, and your weather forecast, mm-hmm. which if I had, they would have told me, it's going to rain every day for the rest of the year. Me, ah, it looks fine. It can't possibly rain. Uh, the military makes a fine sweater. It works well at retaining water. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Rick? What's up? Uh, nothing. Uh, you guys were talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, yes, I was we raised a Jehovah's Witness. And I've developed a way to actually get rid of them. <laughs> if, if, you're, if they ever come to your door or you see them at the max, hand out literature. Um, literature, so yes. Yeah, so the best thing to do is don't actually try to engage them in any conversation. Just when they hand you that magazine, The Watchtower of the Wake, yes. just... Take a, step, take a step back and go, oh, my God, is that pornography? And they'll go, no, 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 it's not. And say, I don't want it then. They will leave you alone. <laughs> okay, I didn't know where we were going, and there were many twists and turns in this call, but that actually ended up being kind of funny. I wasn't really prepared for that. <laughs> well done, sir. Excellent. You're welcome. All right, maybe you can help Scotty get rid of magazine salesmen in the future, yes. 
Uh, Rick, let's see. This says, Halloween party, WTF, you ass. Come on, this will be the first party I'm 21 for. Your last party was three weeks before my birthday. Come on, don't be a douche. It's too late, sir. I remember that guy. Yeah, sorry. Not my fault. Blame your parents for not humping earlier, my friend. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, come see the one-eyed eagle named Jack. He's the latest attraction at the Oregon Zoo. He spent the past year recovering from an injury that permanently damages his right wing. He lost his right oh. eye, too. But he's doing okay with one eye, as long as he stays at the zoo. Oh, and bald eagles aren't terribly social, so don't expect very much from it. But come visit the Oregon Zoo anyway. All right. They have a pregnant elephant there, too. Hey, do you have the... Um... Do you have this thing about the naked guy attacking the K2 news crew? I saw that. He attacked the cameraman. Really? Yeah. Okay, let me see. I haven't I seen I don't have yet. the story itself. Well, here we go. Stephen Howalt's neighbors say he routinely gardens in the nude. We've been talking about this guy. He's a yeah. clackamous man, and as Tim Riley noted, God gave him a very ugly body. He goes to his mailbox in the nude and even relaxes in his hammock in the nude. Neighbor Olga Spitza, she's a hot woman, Said, I have two sisters who just don't need to see that kind of stuff. What? Okay. Well, this is... Yeah, uh, I, I saw her say that. Is she? The, uh, the girls are wholesome, she said. Is she a person of size? No. Old, Olga? She, With a name like that, she almost No, she looks like a regular person. Okay. Well, we'll find out. It's like being named Marjorie. Uh, Siobhan. Siobhan. Good evening. Thanks a lot for being with us. And first community takes a stand against a naked neighbor. We have done investigations. Legislators have tried to change state law and neighbors have just had enough. Now the city of Happy Valley is going to do something about public nudity. K2's Brian Barker is here with more. And Brian, they're doing this all because of one guy. Yeah, they are. We actually met this guy today. The guy neighbors say gardens in the buff. It's perfectly legal here in the state of Oregon. Now the city of Happy Valley will present an ordinance outlawing being naked in public. It's like he's doing it that, here it is, here I am. <laughs> she sounds really smart. Um, so this is a weird, so this is, but I don't know if this is Olga Spitza or not, but there's Olga Spitza, and then there's kind of an odd-looking woman sort of leering over her shoulder in the background. I wonder if that's one of the sisters. And I wonder if the sister, the sister has this look on her face like she might be one of God's special children. I'm unsure about that, though. Well, they were You're Clackamas County. You're all welcome. Olga Spitza and her mom have never had a neighbor oh, that's quite not a like sister. the guy who lives that's a mom. That's her mom. I don't know who that reflects, how that reflects on, on either of them, actually. Door. Stephen Howitt's his name, and people up and down the street say he routinely gardens in the nude, goes to his mailbox nude, even lays naked in a hammock, all in clear view of his neighbors. I have two sisters that just don't need to see that kind of stuff. They're wholesome girls, and they don't need to see someone's nakedness unless it's, you know, their husband. They, all, they <laughs> also corn-fed Clackamas County girls. They also can't be on camera because the magic box will take their soul away. The behavior got so alarming, a group of neighbors took the problem to City Hall. We want people to feel comfortable in our community, and we want uh, we all, of course, want to live in harmony. Where the city's community services director drew up an ordinance banning public nudity. The ordinance's intent is to let people know that if they're viewed from a public uh, place and it offends somebody uh, or causes alarm or annoyance, that it would be a violation of our proposed ordinance. City leaders, though, know the ordinance may be challenged in court because state law says public nudity is legal. Ha! That answers the question that we had a long time ago about this, and we never really were able to get a definitive answer about whether public nudity was legal. Remember, because we had that whole boobs across the Broadway thing we were going to do before it got so cold and before, oh, yeah. before that idea just fell out of my head like they usually do after a day or so. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you, though, 
Can I, you know who was excited about our proposed boobs across the Broadway event? Who? Susan Reynolds. Not that she was going to participate in any sort of boob sense, but she, we, that came up in a promo meeting. And I, she's like, what's this, what's this next event I heard you talking about? I said, well, we did horns across the Hawthorne, and then this is after we found out that toplessness was legal. I said, we should do a boobs across the Broadway. And it was really just this thousand watt light went on in each of her eyes. I have never seen her so, so excited So it would have been something. more of a civic lesson for a teenager, apparently. No, it's, yeah, exactly. Yes, bring your bring However, your children. Portland does have an ordinance that prohibits the public display of genitalia. Happy Valley hopes to do the same thing. So, what does Mr. Me, sir, think? You see your we genitalia. Pardon me, we're here to look at your penis. <laughs> okay, so apparently, now I know you can't see this, but I'm watching this on K2 uh, from their website. Sir, what do they think is going to happen? They're there to. We're here to see your genitals, sir. You'll need to show them now to our newsmen. Um. All right, so they're knocking on the door of the, the penis haver. Or, but he didn't answer. We left his property and spent 20 minutes in his neighborhood talking to neighbors and shooting video. 21 minutes after knocking oh God, on the door. Oh, God, this is terrifying. I didn't hear it. I'm with him. I'm not talking to you. I said, what's going on? Oh, man, this guy's walking right towards the camera, and he looks sort of like, um, he kind of looks like, what's his name, who played Grizzly Adams? Like if he was ever so slightly more well-kempt. Mm. And he's walking directly at the camera, kind of like those, um, like you'll see those water buffalo do on when animals attack. Mr. Howitt approached us and tried to wrestle the camera away from our photographer. Well, there have been several high-profile pushes to outlaw public nudity in Oregon. Every one has failed. Happy Valley City Council will have a public hearing tomorrow night to consider the new ordinance. Should be a well-attended meeting. All of those neighbors are expected to be there at that meeting tonight. And Charles, the photographer's okay? Yeah, everything's fine. All right, Thanks fine. for asking. Thank you. Sir. Is the camera under warranty? That is fantastic. I, I don't know, but the great thing is, I wonder if that uh, the camera was staffed by anybody we know, because we have some friends at K2. Yeah. Interesting. The guy, the guy, you can see the camera guy. Clearly, he I'm makes, sure we would have heard about it if it was someone we knew. Maybe he makes the the camera guy obviously does the risk assessment calculations in his head and decides, "F this, I am not being paid enough." And he starts to run before that guy can get a hold of him. And that does look like a guy who would just go after your legs with a tire iron. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, leg man is getting his leg back. That South Carolina man who mistakenly lost his amputated leg with his shoulder inside a barbecue grill. We'll get his leg back. John Wood of South Carolina has been battling to regain custody of his leg from Shannon Wisnot, who found the leg in a smoker she purchased at an auction. Uh, Wisnot said uh, he wanted to keep the leg if Wood wasn't willing to pay to get it back. The leg was being kept at a funeral home. Uh, let's see here. And uh, oh, apparently the uh, owner of the barbecue grill was charging people to look at the severed leg. It's mine. I want it back. I have a receipt said the purchaser of the amputated leg. And he said if Wood cared about the leg, he wouldn't have left it behind at the barbecue grill. That is a good point, isn't it? Wood's leg was amputated three years ago after an airplane crash. <laughs> He's been keeping the leg so it can be cremated with him when it dies. Okay. Or he dies. This email says, uh, Rick, did you notice that that Olga chick in the video said, I have two sisters who don't need to see that in regards to the naked gardener. If you look at that statement, it implies that while the sisters don't need to see it, she, in fact, Olga, does need to see that. <laughs> Very odd. Yes, indeed, sir, it is. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey. Bye. Awesome. Hey, I wanted to put the word out there. If you don't have any Halloween plans yet for Saturday the 27th, there is a Barfly Halloween bus. That's the uh, bus tours put on by the fabulous Jen Lane. Yes, indeed. 
Yep, I'm going to be on that one myself, so it's going to be uh, going to be a good time. I actually did the Stripperama tour last year, and you have not hit strip, uh, Portland strip clubs until you've been out on the Barfly tour. I've done the Stripperama one before. It's ridiculous. Now the, uh... So many naked people. <laughs> you say it like it's both simultaneously great and terrible. No, it was it was a very ridiculous slash awesome night. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. I am in favor of uh, public nudity. Hey, I also wanted to tell you that uh, I don't celebrate holidays either, and that's the first thing that people ask me. Are you Jehovah's Witness? Did you say no? You're just dull. No, no. I say I just uh, you know for me it's a philosophical thing. I will not be told when to have a party. If I feel like having a party today, I'm going to do it. And if I don't, I'm not. So yeah. no. And I always work on holidays for time and a half. So way to stick it to the man, sir. Damn right. All right, there you go. That's strange. Way to march to your own drummer. All right. Uh, This email says, what are you getting Sarah for her birthday? Uh, What are you getting me for my birthday, Rick? I don't know. Well, you know, I I acted too soon. Can't we just pretend like one of the 500 things I gave you from England is your birthday present? Can't we just pretend to sign Chuck Paul? Well, the knockoff Zippo lighter that's not even working anymore? I paid three pounds for that. You paid three pounds That's for that? That's like $100. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, no, we can do that. I don't need a birthday present. I already had. I already felt like I had to apologize to Tim because I forgot his bag of crap, that stuff, gifts, things, uh, valuable uh, goods. No need to apologize. London, I've been to London on many occasions. Well, you know, because I, I went home that day. Now we're going back a few weeks. Uh, but the day that I got back from London, the first day we were here, I had got you... What is it? I had the lighter, and then I had that Smith CD that I found for you. Yes, and, and that's then, very awesome. Quite by accident. It was completely by accident. I had wanted to read Survivor by Chuck Palahniuk, and so I bought it at the airport Powell's. I get on the plane, and I realized that I have purchased, really by accident, an autographed copy of that. I guess it was the only one they had. Inside, there's the big autograph sticker, and his. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And so I just gave that to you because you're the biggest Palahniuk fan I know, and I, I wasn't that into the book to keep it. Um... And so I got home, and of course, and then I had nothing for Tim. So I'm like, here's your the 50th present I bought for you, Sarah. And then also, I had this portrait painted of you. And also, here's a bag of rubies. And so I had all of this stuff. And then I had nothing, and then I had nothing for Tim and nothing for, for Scotty. We can pretend that's my birthday. But I'm like, and also this signed copy. And I got home, and my wife said, so, how was your little gift exchange with Sarah today? And I, she said, you know... Tim was really left out of that whole thing, and I had, I felt bad about but it you know already. What? There was no reason to feel bad. I wasn't even thinking about it while it was going on. Yeah, Tim wasn't I was even thinking about listening. getting a, a, an oil change in Chippy Lube <laughs> on my way home. I, I was <laughs> thinking about a gift. Thing. And here, all this apology. What I actually apologized to him later. I'm like, sorry, I forgot to bring you anything, and I was giving Sarah like a hundred different gifts. And sorry about that. In the so, meantime, I'm thinking about something totally different and not paying attention to what's going on anyway. What I really should have done is just held back on the Polonic book and not let you know I had it, and then I should have just given it to you this week and well, you did a really good job last year by giving me the gift certificate to Buffalo Exchange. You can't go wrong with that again. Yes, that gift that I gave you last year. It was what? You gave me the gift certificate. Yes, I did. To Buffalo Exchange. I picked that out myself. It was awesome. Did you pick that up? Did somebody else pick it out? Let's take this call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. I just wanted to call and say thank you for the uh, putting on the rock band demo last night. Oh, yeah, and that's happening again tomorrow. We did it yesterday at Showcase Music. Uh, again, just real what quickly. What did we do? Uh, we, I'm glad you asked, Tim. We, uh, all of us, jointly, uh, were at Showcase Music. At 30, why am I giving the address now? It's over. Uh, we, we were there uh, with Rock Band, which isn't going to be out until uh, November, but uh, tomorrow... Uh, we will be at OMSI from 2 to 4 for the final days of Body Worlds 3, as well as uh, with the Rock Band Tour stage, letting people see, play, and perhaps win uh, Rock Band, which doesn't come out until uh, November 20th. I got, uh, you got the delay on that one? They're not giving it a... No, nobody's giving it Well, it's a, it's a voucher, because the game isn't in hand until next month, but you are pre-winning it. Oh, okay.
Okay, well, it's news to Richie if it is. Uh, well, somebody but, needs to but, well, have him go, spoken to. But go anyway because they, you guys had some, some pretty awesome uh, rock band swag. Yes. Uh, T-shirts, drumsticks, hats, all this cool stuff. I actually have band. one of the shirts. I wore one of the shirts around my house all weekend. So and and the game is fantastic. Because this is now the deal with Rock Band is it's like Guitar Hero, but it's drums, bass, guitar, and vocals, right? Exactly. The, the same company that does this game also did a game called Karaoke Revolution. Right, I've seen that. And so they took the engine from Karaoke Revolution for the vocals. They amped it up a little bit, and and it all works in conjunction. The drums are fun. Fantastic. Really fun. And you know we had a good time. I took my kids down. There was a couple other listeners there. Uh, People, random people walking by listening to us, like, do karaoke on, on In Bloom by Nirvana or uh, uh, The Clash. You know, it was, um, it was, it was a good time, and Richie, Richie's awesome. So Excellent. Uh, yeah, well, I will make sure that Richie knows about it. No, we are, in fact, at each stop. I do believe part of the deal is we are giving away, uh, not unlike Kenner Toys did in 1977 with the Star Wars thing, we are giving away a voucher for Rock Band before you can buy it or win it or anything because it doesn't come out until, I think, November 20th. So I, I, can, I imagine Susan Reynolds is picking up the phone and screaming at somebody right now about that. So we'll find out. Okay, well, since my family was like 80% of the people that were there for, yes. the, for the thing, yes. I, I should get the voucher for that stop. Yeah, I'll look into it. Thank you. Bye now. Got to go. That's uh, All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. I bet nobody heard about this. I took this from page six. six. Secret Service agents guarding Jenna Bush were red-faced yesterday when they got locked out of their car. Uh -huh. They were escorting Jenna around. They were at the uh, CBS studios at 59th and 5th in New York City for an interview with the early show. Apparently, that's an early morning news program. They were returning, and they found they left the keys inside the car. Then, after uh, Jenna left in another vehicle... CBS cameramen began shooting the agents as they were waiting for a spare key. Well, they weren't happy about that. It was embarrassing. They wanted them to stop shooting and ask for the tape, but they didn't get it. Well, it's uh, time to do something about uh, baggy, saggy britches in Atlanta. Don't we have this story about every three weeks? Yes, we do. You know, the other thing it's is... the bottom of the pile. You know, there's all these cameras in the U.K., Tim, plus that corpse flower is blooming again. Darn it. Then I'm not going to do the story again. Hey, thank you. Let's please to destroy that and never, ever, ever read it again. Angrily. Dispatch it with prejudice. All right. Actor and rapper Nick Cannon's wedding to Victoria's Secret model Salita Ebanks is off. A rep tells People Magazine that the pair has called off their engagement and have broken up, hey, wherever they are. let me ask you this. Speaking of reality... Te first of all, speaking of reality television programming, are, did, I could do two things. Did you see that thing of Danny Bonaducci... Um, uh, just working that guy from Survivor, Johnny Fairplay, or whatever his name no, is? Oh, I didn't. Oh, it is so satisfying. It's, Sarah, you've seen it, haven't you? I haven't seen it. I've heard oh, about it. I didn't watch oh, it. It just warms me just to think about it. It gives me a tingly feeling all over. Here's what uh, We'll get back to that in a second. Are we airing an ad for a program called Survivor Gina? Or Survive, <laughs> like survive, survive Vagina? Survive Vagina. Survive Vagina. Is that the, some uh, car dealer promotion? I, what? Is that some car dealer promotion? I don't... No, I don't believe so. <laughs> I swear to God, I've heard that commercial run about three different times. Survivor is a CBS program, is it not? It is, yes. I think I have heard that ad run two or three different times, and it always sounds like Survive Vagina. Every time we air it. Where is this? Where is the current season of Survivor taking place? Survive oh, Vagina. <laughs> It's a it small really... Central European country. I can't think. Of I it. have to have. Let me I, look at the spot. Or it just played in the last break. Is I it think. A Westwood One? One do you think? Try it. Hit hit that. 
And no, it's a Home Depot. So to, so to speak. CBS Entertainment. <laughs> okay, Maybe let's try it. CBS Thursday is television's best night, beginning with a new Survivor China. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really tough vagina. It's not. It's really durable. It's survivor vagina. It can handle anything. CBS Thursday is television's best night, beginning with a new survivor vagina. <laughs> survivor vagina. That's when it's khaki colored. Uh, I'm gonna have to investigate this further. Survivor. Is there a place called Gina? Oh, maybe a word. Magical land in Red Gina. <laughs> There is a place called Regina, and it's in... Uh... Oh, I thought you said Red Gina, like uh, Red China. Survivor. No. Survivor. Regina. <laughs> I don't think if you Google that, it's really going to get any results. Oh, Survivor, Survivor China. It's oh. in the country China. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play it again. CBS Thursday is television's best night, beginning with a new Survivor China. <laughs> That's <laughs> How embarrassing for all of us. <laughs> that Survivor China. <laughs> it's in the country where Chinese people live. Yes, okay. Who eat Chinese food and whatnot. Uh, I'm sorry. And we're on a long enough delay that just now, I'm just now getting the flood of emails that say CHINA in big Latin and all caps. CBS Thursday is television's best night, beginning with a new Survivor China. <laughs> By the way, I was thinking the exact same thing, too. Uh, it sounds like Survivor China. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Some, that's where it's just cam- it's covered in camouflage and filled with spikes. Some feminine mist. <laughs> okay. Um, well, what I'm about to bring up, can't hold a candle to that, but i got to do it and then we'll break. So, Survivor, yeah, I'm getting old, too. Survivor China! China. Um, so... There was. I'm gonna hold it together. So Johnny uh, Fairplay, I guess is this guy's stage name. He was this. Um, he was an actor on Survivor Pearl Island. That also sounds really sexual now that I think about it. But he was on Survivor Pearl Island or whatever. He was. I guess he's he's a total ass. He's the. I'll put it in Sarah's terms. He's the puck of the Survivor world apparently. Ah. He is. I apparently, according to most polls, he is the most disliked Survivor contestant in the history of the show. Podcast has been mentioned in like two years. No, but it's anyone, anyone it's, anywhere. It's but see, it's the only reference that really works. I mean, what there's, you know, um, so I guess this guy Johnny Fairplay is the most disliked cast member who's ever been on any of the Survivor series, even Survivor Gina, and. He's just, I guess he's just kind of a dick and just, just, just a bastard. So I'm never going to be able to continue with this, am I? I'm sorry. Survivor Gina. Just, so just to I recap, think we though, should just play a best of. Just, are you kidding? This is a best of, brother. This. But did you know they have a reality TV award show? And so he was on this reality TV award show because I guess like all those guys who were really hated. Oh, he's the guy who said that his. Uh, he pretended he had a dead yeah, grandma. Yeah, that's why everybody hates him, because he had, he had win he, favor. He'd made this agreement with a friend in advance, and he's like, hey, if I ever get into a tough spot on Survivor, I want you to, I want you to call me from you know, the mainland and, pretend, and tell me that my grandmother is dead. Grandmother not dead, totally alive. 
And so that's why he's so hated, because when he was on the show, he won one of the elimination challenges by falsely receiving, by receiving this false telephone call going, dude, your grandmother died. And then he got the sympathy vote. They didn't vote him off. Blah, blah, blah. So he's just a dick, and everybody hates him. So he's... He's at this reality television show, award show. Danny Bonaducci, who I really kind of like, because they're booing the guy. And the guy goes, what, just Johnny Fripple? goes, why are you booing me? And Bonaducci steps into the microphone and goes, bro, because they hate you. And the guy apparently has some gimmick, some shtick. This is what a retard this guy is. His gimmick, apparently, is to jump on you and hump you like a dog. That's his gimmick, as he puts it. It's what he does. It's part of his shtick. So he jumps on to Danny Bonaducci and starts, like, grinding on him. And Bonaducci, you'll have to picture this. So imagine you're standing there. A guy jumps on you and sort of straddles you. Bonaducci puts his hands underneath the guy's legs and lifts him and just tosses him back over his head. The guy hits the stage face first, oh. shatters several of his teeth into multiple pieces, breaks his jaw, dislocates like a huge part of his mouth, and now he can't talk anymore. So oh, my God. I would encourage you, go to YouTube right now and put in Johnny, it's J-O-N-N-Y, fair play, just like it's spelled. Um, and look at, the, look at the, the YouTube video of Johnny Fairplay getting thrown to the ground. By Danny Bonaducci, who was totally right to do so, by the way. Because the guy just jumped on him with his hands around his throat and is like grinding on him. Why? Because he's a dick and he's, you know, and he's, he's a, you know, he's a nitwit. So Bonaducci doesn't assault him. He just pushes the guy off of him. And the guy just hits the ground like a sack of wet cement and shatters his teeth. It is so satisfying to watch. Uh, Johnny what? Johnny Fairplay. F-A-I-R-P-L-A-Y. He's very unattractive. I remember oh, that. Just, and he's like... He doesn't even have the charisma of a puck. I mean, he's... Yeah, at least the, yeah, the puck did have charisma. The puck. Um, it's just so... It, knowing what a dick this guy is, it really is fantastically satisfying to see him just go face first right into the ground and just lose a mouthful of uh, mouthful of chompers. It really is wonderful. There are several Johnny Fair plays. So just just to watch the one that is at the, the award special, you really only need... It's only about 30 seconds long. I'm looking. You, that's all you really need to see. Um, Survivor video. And you will see the guy oh, go... Oh, here it is. Okay. Okay. Fine. Oh, it's 10 seconds. Okay, so let's see. Oh, I'm not going to watch somebody smash their face. Oh, oh come no, on. No, you don't see it. You don't see Why do I always happen. get pressured into looking come at Come on. Come look at this. Join the crowd. All right. Now, you just see Bonaducci hoist the guy over. So imagine that the, the guy is straddling him. Mm-hmm. Well. Well. Moment. All right. Hold on. So he jumps on him, and then Bonaduce oh just throws it right God. over, and the guy hits the ground, oh. and, just, and then and then Bonaduce just walks up, and the guy gets up and just hobbles off stage. He doesn't even he doesn't. Are they even friends? No, I don't even think they know each other here on KCMD Portland. I think they just uh, anyway. So it was it was fantastic. There's a longer cut here. Too. Oh, and he's from Portland, I think. I think my Johnny friend is yeah, from here. My friend Lloyd is friends whoa, with him actually. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's booing? Yeah, so so he's saying, who's booing? Bonaducci says, it's you, because they hate you. The guy jumps and straddles him, and Bonaducci just throws him right over. It's really wonderful to watch. All right. We should take a break here. We'll come back. Jim Ruber on the corner. I'm posting on my blog. Are you posting on your blog? Yeah. Excellent.
Uh, we'll come back. Jim Roop will tell us the latest with uh, Britney Spears. Uh, we got the top five coming up. Top five musicians who died at age 27. It is High Concept Thursday, so we'll do our very best to get to that as well. Plus the glorious bastard of the week. More of your phone calls. You stay right there. You're listening to the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Emerson Radio Program. Uh, you know, we'll talk to Jim Roop in like 10 seconds. You know, we had this thing the other day where, uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, we, we started hearing from people who've been reading Youth and Revolt. Because we started, we really, really pushed Youth and Revolt as being a fantastic book. And then a couple weeks later, like we started, you know, we we started getting the, the responses. You know, as people would finish it, they would call in. And I'm getting uh, a lot of that with In the Heart of the Sea now. By people who are just now finishing In the Heart of the Sea by Nathaniel Philbrick. Uh, so this guy, Ron and Esther Takeda, says, uh, Hey, finished in the heart of the sea. A great book. Chilling. Almost makes you want to become a vegetarian. Almost. Oh, and then he sent me a bunch of links to uh, the Don't Taze Me Bro t-shirts. Fantastic. All right. Let's welcome now from Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, the Rick Emerson Show welcome the one and only Jim Rule. Hello, sir. How are you, my friend? Why, hello. Howdy. Okay. Thanks so much. All right, it's 503-733-2970. I don't know what happened. There's uh, something, some wackiness with Jim. Someone need the computer. Scotty's just standing there <laughs> mutely <laughs> nodding at us. Hi, Scotty. What's up? Well, good afternoon, Brighton Bush. Hi. There was uh, there's some wackiness with Roof there. Oh, that's weird. Okay, thanks. Thanks for getting right on that. All right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now again to the Rick Emerson Radio Program from Los Angeles. CNN Radio Correspondent, again, Jim Roop. Hello. <laughs> I heard you. You didn't hear me. That's uh, some weirdness going on. The best part was when I mentioned to Scotty that there was something wrong with your phone call, and he just sort of looked at me mutely and nodded, and then went back to whatever he was doing. <laughs> Couldn't possibly have cared. Couldn't have cared less if I had given him a frontal lobotomy moments earlier. So it was probably my fault. That's it. Nothing is ever your fault, Jim Roof. <laughs> How's life, my friend? How are things? How's life in Los Angeles? Uh, so far, so good. Hey, um, let me ask you this: When is the last time you went to an In-N-Out Burger? Uh, Tuesday. Oh, really, you bastard! Yeah. Son of a bitch! The, I don't ask for any reason other than. My head kind of works weirdly. I sort of hyperlink from one from one thing to another. I was thinking of, you know, Jim Roop, Sunshine, Los Angeles. Then I was thinking of, uh, you know, the, the, the Strip. And then there's, what is it, Hollywood High is right there. Is that, the, is that the school I'm thinking of? Yep. And then there's that In-N-Out Burger, which is right. It couldn't be, you could not create in a laboratory a more perfect vision of America. Hollywood High, which is right next to an In-N-Out Burger, Right there near the strip, you know, with the sun beaming down on it, palm trees. I mean, it is America in a nutshell. Yeah. God. Anyway, in and out Burger. Let me, you know, I will say this. It's not, the, I don't know that it's necessarily the best hamburger I've ever had, but I mean, it's right up there. It's it's in the top. Oh, it's pretty damn close. It's in the top three. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that I'm a big fan of Fat Burger as well, and we've talked about Tommy's a, a lot, but I don't know why. I just got that whole in and out hamburger craving today. I don't know what that's all about. Anyway. Yeah. You, I went, hear you. you went there Tuesday. Well, see, that's good. So, all right. I'm glad. That I might have to go again today. Go, now. but go for me. 
That's all I'm saying. Just get yourself a double double with cheese. Double double for you? Yeah, just get to you know. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, you know, and know that it'll make me happy vicariously. All right. You know what it is? I didn't have any breakfast today. And so as a result, you know what? It's like they always tell you not to shop when you're hungry because everything looks fantastic. The it, I had no breakfast today, so every food I'm conjuring up in my head seems like the best food ever right now. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I know you don't really care about this, but we have to milk this for every cent that it's worth before she dies. Uh, Britney Spears. So first of all, why did Kevin Federline wear an eye patch? You know, nobody knows. At least I don't know. And I didn't get a chance to ask anybody officially. Um, for all I know, he, you know, one of the kids poked him in the eye. I have no idea. Apparently, his lawyer claims that he has, quote, a medical condition which necessitates the wearing of an eye patch. And I guess maybe the clutching of a cutlass at some point. <laughs> but, but as we pointed out, you can't wear an eye patch and sunglasses both. I mean, that's just, you have to kind of pick one or the other, you know? Well, you could wear a sunglass monocle on the good eye, I guess. That's what I'm saying. If you watched Airwolf, the character of Ar of Archangel on on uh, Airwolf had, uh, you know, I just realized now that Airwolf is a play on Werewolf. I just now realized that fact. Twenty twenty five years later. You're right. I never realized until just this very moment, friends. You are hearing development in my brain as it happens. Airwolf, Werewolf, Werewolf. Airwolf. I just now realized that. It's weirding me out. Okay. You just answered an age-old question for me. Well, I just thought it was kind of a cool name for an attack helicopter. I didn't think there was any special significance, but now I realize the whole thing was a rhyme with werewolf. Well, All there right. we are. See, the CBS, radio, the CBS television marketing department was decades ahead of my thought process. <laughs> uh, the character of Archangel on Airwolf, though, he wore these eyeglasses, and he was missing an eye, and in the pilot he loses an eye when this guy Moffat guns down the, uh, the control center with the airwolf. Uh, a helicopter. Uh, he one of his eyeglass lenses is just completely blacked out, and it looks really cool. It looks pretty badass. Somebody ought to suggest that to Kevin Federline. So, is it true though that Britney Spears? Well, she didn't even show up, right? No, she, well, neither one of them had to be there. I got to tell you something. I was surprised. I mean, we're standing there, right? Uh, it was shortly after I got done talking to you, I think. Um, we're going to the going to the courtroom. We're kind of standing around, standing around. All of a sudden, you know, we realize with Federline's lawyers, is this guy in a Blue suit, blue, blue pinstripe suit, and he raises his hand to be sworn in. We get kicked out at that point. But, it, you know, we're thinking, wow, this guy really wants to prove to the judge he's serious about this parenting thing. But Britney Spears never showed up. Well, and I mean, she doesn't have to be there, but I mean, I think Neither she... did he. But they both have to be there on the 26th. And I think, but you think she would know at this point that, I mean, even though she doesn't have to be there, every... Every time she doesn't do something like that, it is just she's digging herself deeper in. Maybe she just doesn't want the kids back. I mean, I, I hate to say that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, she's uh, she's obviously out and about doing her thing, so um, she's probably happy to be rid of them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it just uh, all the anecdotal evidence indicates that she is not necessarily attached to the, to the idea of being a mom. You know, she's mother so. material. Hey, by the way, as a side note, we'll, we'll pan over from Media Circus number one to, to Media Circus number five. Did you see that not only did Fred Goldman go to go to uh, a court to get a, a an order to take away OJ's watch, yeah, but then they found out the watch is a fake. That Rolex that OJ was sporting on his wrist. That's what OJ was always claiming. Yeah, but it's not I mean, worth anything. I, I do love the idea that OJ and Fred Goldman are just sort of this this Godzilla and Mothra. That, you <laughs> they know, really are. They're just this Jets and the Sharks thing that is just going to last until the I mean until they both die and they will be 
it is like this Hatfield-McCoy thing. They'll be 90 years old, and they will be suing each other and yelling at each other across the hallway of a nursing home. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Goldman still wins. I mean, he still has... He still has rights to everything. He still gets every asset. He still gets, uh, you know, any even the stuff that Simpson. If they if they decide that the stuff that Simpson allegedly took from this hotel room is really Simpson's, Goldman gets it. It is. Simpson, Simpson doesn't even get it back. It's kind of strange when you realize, though, that you are living in a time that someday will be written about, because I'll guarantee you, a hundred years from now, uh, somebody will write. Some long investigative, uh, very carefully annotated and detailed account of this, what will probably be, 40-year war between Fred Goldman and O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Um, it's kind of strange to think that we're actually sort of witnessing this. And some, this, this will be a thing that they talk about someday in whatever media history classes or something. And they will talk about the, the, the decades-long battle that ensued in the courts and in the media between these two figures. And it's, you know, it's sort of, is that book continuing to sell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's doing well. You know, it's it's still it's still cranking out some some uh, some some money for the Goldman family. But again, that that money, a lot of that money is going into that fund. Right. It's funneling directly in there. You know, I mean, the Goldmans. I really, honestly believe after after talking to Kim Goldman the other day, I really believe they don't give a crap about the money. It's just they just want. Oh no, it's personal. Oh, yeah. it really, it is definitely personal. Yeah, it I is. Can't, I can't blame them for it. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it's just, it, it is really the opposite of Michael Michael Corleone. It is not business at all. It is strictly and solely a personal vendetta. Indeed. Uh, and, it, you know, where everybody else, they really are like those two guys in the Beat It video who've been tied together at the wrist and they've each been given a stiletto. And and really, we're all just on the sidelines. I mean, I you know, it, I, I would I would say from the moment his feet hit the floor in the morning, O.J. Simpson is the only guy that Fred Goldman thinks about until he goes to bed at night. I so I totally believe that. And I do like the idea. There's part of me that finds it really perversely amusing that. When he's not out and about giving interviews or whatever, that Fred Goldman sits at home in front of his TiVo with a legal pad and a pen, and every time he sees O.J. in television, he just keeps a running tab of the things he sees O.J. wearing, just so he can summon the court to have them given to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> pair of shoes, umbrella, pair of eyeglasses, copy of New York Times, you know, and then he just has his lawyer, like, issue demands to have those things turned over. I mean, there is, there is sort of this awful thoroughness about it that I, I find kind of pleasing. It's a full-time job for him. I'm surprised he's not living in Miami. Oh yeah, no, I mean hate. Yeah, hate really is a full-time position when you're Fred Goldman. Yeah, that's his opposite. Fred Goldman, uh, occupation hater, professional hater. Yeah, that's right there. There you go. There's a Mad TV sketch just waiting to be made, my friend. Fred Goldman, professional hater. Oh, look at you with the callback to uh, Dan Aykroyd. Well done. That's why you're gold, Jim Roop. All right. I just watch a lot of TV. Oh, all right. Now I'm just thinking about going to In-N-Out, and you see them when they take the freshly scrubbed potato out of the sink, and you put it, and you see them put it through the dicer, and then they dump it right in the fryer, and then they salt it, and they hand it to you, and you, you know that just two minutes earlier it was a potato. Ah. I'm going to go there right now. Oh, 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 it's just, oh. All right. It's fantastic. Well, e eat it slowly and think of me. Well, that I'll sounds really I'll inhale perverse. one and eat the other one slowly. This really sounds like some weird pseudo-erotic conversation slowly we're having. And think of me. Eat it slowly and think of me. I just, I don't know why, man. I'm fixated on a drive-through hamburger at the moment. I gotta, but it's got to be from In and Out. That's the thing. It's like can't be like McDonald's. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for caring. All right, Jim Roop. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Thank you. Uh, in Los Angeles, where they have In and Out burgers, every block. You know the one I'm talking about, Rabbi Hollywood High. No. Oh, it's on the street. It's right down the street. Like if you, you like with the whiskey or the the rainbow, or whatever. You go down the street. Oh, I've been. Yeah, actually, then I do. You go down the street. It looks like a movie set. It doesn't even look like it could be a real place because it's 
right down the strip, and then there's palm trees and, of course, the beautiful sky, and there's a big uh, high school, and it just says Hollywood High in big letters, and then right next door is an In-N-Out Burger. It really looks like something that was created just for, like, the Beverly Hills The one on the cartoon. corner right there? Yeah. Yep, I know what you're talking about. I mean, it just... It, that's what people in we other can't countries. Sit here and talk about you know. hamburgers, okay? I'm starving and I don't want to eat one. No, well, we, 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 you know, you, you couldn't get one of those anyway. Not even yeah, try. But then the more we talk about it, the more I'm gonna be like, oh, maybe I should have a cheeseburger. You know what I could go for right now, though? I could go for some McDonald's fries, though. Not the rest of their menu so much, but the fries at McDonald's continue to be great. No matter how much I move on in my dietary the life, it, I will never get over. I'll never get over McDonald's my fries. They're the are, best um, thing ever. Are pita fries? Have you ever had those? I don't know what that is. They're like. Um, Fried pita. Oh, we're doing that thing again. And they um, give you a dipping sauce with, like, tzatziki sauce. And really? you can dip the fried pita. It is so awesome. We're breaking. All right. Back after this with Tim Riley. And then we'll decide whether to do the top five or high concept Thursday. I'll have to do one of those. I don't know which one we're going to do. Back after this, here's the Four Horsemen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Result of a misspent, media-saturated childhood. This is the Rick Emerson Show on AM 960, Solid State Radio. All right. Ow. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio program, or you're listening to the Rick Emerson Radio program. I'm distracted by this thing about in the heart of the sea. Another in the heart of the. Oh, and I was just saying during the break that in the heart of the sea book that I was talking about, which is all you know, cannibalism and grinding your bones to make my bread and so forth. I went to Scotland and I was in this children's bookstore. They sell that as a children's book. I guess the motto is warp them young in Scotland. All right, so we'll do the top five here. Uh, just a few, because uh, seriously, we've been teasing it for a while. We'll do High Concept Thursday tomorrow, making it High Concept Friday. Also, the Glorious Bastard of the Week. In fact, let me do the Glorious Bastard of the Week, and then we will roll right into the news with Tim Riley. Where's my, uh, where's my Glorious Bastard of the Week music? All right, here we go with the uh, weather. Greetings. No, this is wrong. No, this is entirely the wrong glorious bastard. I was about to uh, commend Ed Keister for being the glorious bastard. Keister? Stop. <laughs> Stop it now. I don't Where think... do you even have that sound but that's my favorite. What? Uh, the uh, the I barely knew her? Yes. I barely knew her. That. I just haven't played it a lot lately. Um Oh, here we go. All right. Let me just find. Okay, let's now again with the. I barely knew her. Oh, uh. Greetings and salutations, Casey Coddington. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have been selected as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including passes to Court and Fatboy's Midnight Movie, which shows tomorrow night and is Goodfellas, plus the Twisted Sister The Video Years DVD, as well as the wonderful knowledge that for at least this one week, you are just a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status, and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. That's why they're there. Thank you for listening, Casey Coddington. You are the glorious bastard of the week. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. 
More breaking news. Five members of the Macaw tribe were indicted today by a federal grand jury for their roles in killing that gray whale off the Washington coast on September 8th. They were indicted on conspiracy, unlawful taking of a marine mammal, and unauthorized whaling. All these are misdemeanor charges. They're punishable with up to a year in jail and with a $100,000 fine on each count. They tried to find the harshest penalties they could for the conduct, said a U.S. attorney. The California gray whale was unable to escape after a fishing net caught it hours after the Macaw travel members harpooned and shot the whale off of Nia Bay in Washington. The five travel members took a motorboat into the Strait of San Juan de Fuca. Just like, just, like, just like their relatives did hundreds of years ago. <laughs> and they harpooned the whale and shot it with a high-powered rifle. As Indians will yeah, As the great spirit God commanded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, I command thee, get an Evan Rood. So the, uh, the whale died. The tribe has a uh, treaty right to kill gray whales, as it did in 1999, but the group didn't have the needed federal permit. So, right away in prison, you guys. <laughs> Suck they, that. The Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer Anthony Kytus is Kytus. a dad. Kytus. Uh, San Francisco Chronicle reports Cadis's 22-year-old model girlfriend, Heather Christie, gave birth to a baby boy. He's a 44-year-old rocker. They have yet to reveal their son's new name. The boyfriend felt his ear being ripped off. This comes to us from England. No, this comes to us from Northern Ireland. John Totem Totem. is accused of inflicting grievous bodily harm with intention... To harm somebody, he denies the charges. Oh, this is one of those British stories that <laughs> where, they, where they just took all the words of the day, threw them onto the page. A prosecution lawyer says he'll you uh, drunkenly approach a couple in a Whitehead bar and made lewd comments to the woman. The attack allegedly happened after he uh, was ejected from the bar. He's accused of biting the woman's boyfriend, who was confronting him about his remarks. Uh, he said the accused was put out of the bar and calmed down. But then, again, this is a bad story. <laughs> Mr. McGurney went outside to tell Mr. Totem that he'd been out of order, but the jury told him to get close to him, and the accused put his hands on the man and then pulled him close and bit his left ear. Is that all you need to know? The ear was packed in ice and taken from the bar, but doctors were able to sew it back on. He says he's attacked people before, and perhaps... I'm not even going to try to read this. <laughs> <laughs> this is taken from the BBC... Broken English. This has been this has been Ear It Now with Tim Riley. I'm not going to read this again. Ear It Now. Yeah, we heard you the first time. Here's Tim Riley with with the top five. Ear, ear. See, instead of five, ear. Four, three, two. I didn't one, even respond to the five, the Anthony Kiedis thing, by the way, because he's because I just don't care about it. It's impossible for me to care less about somebody. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is wonderful. Counting is wonderful. Yes, I love to count, don't you? Here's Tim Riley with today's top five. And as Brittany plummets ever further toward her almost certain premature demise, we pause to remember the mysterious age of 27 and the strange fatal hole it seems to have on musicians of every strut. So let's examine this faithful number with these, the top five musicians who died at the age of 27. These are the top five musicians who died at the age of 27, joining what is uh, referred to uh, in rock critic circles as the 27 Club. Honorable mention goes to Robert Johnson. 
Now, this, the reason this is honorable mention is because there's some dispute about how old he was when he died. Uh, Robert Johnson, who is... There's a great book about Robert Johnson actually called um, Escaping the Delta by Elijah Wald. Um, and he was the guy who recorded a lot of uh, blues singles or sides, uh, as they were called. Back in um, what is it, I guess, what, the late 30s, mid 30s, something like that. Um, anyway, they, they were lost for a long time, and then they were reissued in the 60s. And a lot of English uh, musicians like Eric Clapton and Keith Richards and Mick Jagger and Jimmy Page discovered them. And over the years, he's sort of been elevated. Some would argue unfairly into this sort of godhead in the history of, of rock music and so forth. Um, but he had the whole he had the whole great rock life. I mean, he was you know he was, he was a vagabond and a tramp and um, wrote all of these really dark, weird songs. Songs about like you know alcoholism and, and this song I think is about shooting his wife in the head or something and then he was poisoned by a jealous lover and died on the floor of a club and it's all very kind of rock before rock existed uh, but because record keeping is a little spotty at that time and he was you know because he was a black American in the early 20th century there was really no way to ascertain when he uh, was born or died but they do believe it was at the age of 27. Number five, Janis Joplin. Really? Uh, this I let me just. Uh, God, I hate this song. I hate this song so much. Is it another so little piece of my heart? No, it's no, it's me and Bobby McGee. There's a documentary of on the uh, the motel where she died and how all these actors have lived there for like 20 or 30 years. It's called Club Hollywood. Really? And it, it's been on the IFC channel. What? Was it a famous? It's not like the Chateau Marmont. Is it? No, no, it's just a rundown motel. Really? And they they show her room, which was room 105 or something like that. That'd be, you know, doesn't, um, didn't what's his gut? Didn't Chuck Klosterman write some book where he went to the places where rock stars had died? Yes. Didn't you read that, Sarah? Which book? Didn't Chuck Klosterman write some book where he went to the place where rock stars had yes, died? Um, the Killing Myself to Live? Uh, yep. And he went to, like, here's where so and so died. And it's I went a to this very place. good book. It was very interesting. Because I think about that sometimes, like, would, like John Entwistle from The Who just died real recently in some hotel room, they, and they won't reveal what hotel it was. It was at the MGM Grand, I think, because they don't want people to, to rent it. They don't want people to stay there, specifically because he died there and whatever. It, I just detest Janis, Janis Joplin so much. And this is a great song. The Chris Christopherson version of the song is actually much better. All right. Number four, Brian Jones. Brian Jones, kind of, I won't say he's forgotten, but one of the lesser-known members of the Rolling Stones. Um, I like to be confused with their engineer. No. No, not at all. I think, I didn't mean drown. I think, I think, Brian Jones, I think he was, um, I think he was drunk in a swimming pool and just sank right to the bottom because he was all loaded and, and whatnot. Oh. Yeah. I, he was one of the original members of the Stones. And then he, uh, I think he just got all soft in his swimming pool and just sank like a rock right to the bottom. This is an early Stone song. It's all over now. Counting down the top five musicians who died at the age of 27. Number three, Kurt Cobain. I'm going to be Kurt Cobain's age next week. Yes, you are. And think about this. So he died at 27. Think about this. By the time he was your age, he'd already sold 10 million records. Okay, thanks, Oh, Ray. no, hey, look, you're just getting a taste of what's coming. By the time, look, by the time Paul McCartney was my age, I may be wrong about this, but by the time Paul McCartney was 34, I'm 
pretty sure that he had already formed the Beatles, recorded everything the Beatles were ever going to do, broken the Beatles up, formed Wings, recorded everything Wings had ever done, you know, like Live and Let Die and Band on the Run and Jet, and then had broken up Wings. I mean, I think by the time Jimmy Page was my age, I think Led Zeppelin had already been broken up for like three years. So That's pretty depressing. It, yeah, it's only going to get worse. So don't don't you worry. I mean, and let me just tell you this, and I'm not the only one to do this. With every passing year, Sarah, as you get ready to celebrate your 27th birthday, looming ever closer will be your 30th birthday, and you will begin to seek out people who are your age or older who still accomplish something great at that age. You'll start to say this, well, you know, so-and-so didn't blank until they were 39 years of age. <laughs> That'll be me. Because, you know, I always hold up uh, Rush Limbaugh, who didn't achieve national syndication and fame until he was 37 years of age. So I still got three years. Are we going to be nationally syndicated? No. Oh. Well, I mean, we got three years <laughs> to make was, it happen. That sounded really hopeful. <laughs> no. Well, I got three years to make that happen. After which, I'm just going to kill myself. So, you know. Where will that leave us? I would imagine. Uh, I would have. I was. I was going to say. I would imagine um, having Scotty host the show. Now we're not going to allow you to die. Uh, number two is. Uh, <laughs> no matter how much I may want to. No, no matter. Two. No matter how much I want the sweet embrace of death, you will deny me even that pleasure. No. Uh, number two is Jimi Hendrix. Oh, it's a live version. Yeah. But there's no profanity. Thanks, Scotty. I love live tracks that I haven't pre-screened. Let's hope there's no profanity. This is the only Jimi Hendrix song I can palate. Palate? Bob Dylan song. Is that the word I'm looking for? Palate. I think I've just developed aphasia that is palatable to me. That I can, whatever. This is the only Hendrix song I can stand anymore. This is one of those songs like a Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt, though. But I think Dylan heard this and immediately was like, well, okay. His microphone needs to be sweet. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, just, I know I'm a bad person. I just don't like the I don't, version of the song. Really? No, Not I, even the album version of this? Mm, I like the Bob Dylan version. Really? That does surprise me. You're going to be one of those 60s hippies who really enjoy this. I, I, yeah, well, see, I don't know. I, I think that if that was Bob Dylan's craft. I mean, he wrote it. That's his song. I just don't find it that mind-blowing that somebody else is singing it. And they're like, oh, it's his song. I, just, I don't see it. I think to me... It's that, that Hendrix version. Maybe I need to hear the Dylan version again, because to me, that Dylan version is good, but the Hendrix version sounds just so apocalyptic. It just sounds so filled with doom, which I love. I mean, that's sort of everybody great. Loves doom. Everybody loves doom. In an Old Testament kind of way, it does have that, like, you know, the sea is turning to, to sackcloth and this, you know, the sky is turning to blood or whatever, whatever the book of Revelation says. That, that Hendrix version just sounds so uh, foreboding. Yeah, i got to hear the Dylan version again. we got to do top five definitive covers. Well, top five covers better than the original. Well, all right. All right, counting down the top five acts who uh, died at 27. Number one, Jim Morrison. Scotty. He was 27 when he died? He was that old-looking and fat and bloated? Oh, yeah, don't yeah. do drugs or drink. With a big full beard. And, yeah. Looks like Jim Henson on a fat car. I am just depressed now. Yep. Yes, you're a relative failure, Sarah. I don't even know what this song is. What song is this? Oh, Stay All Night. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world. He'll be back at 4, 5, 6, and 7 all the way uh, through Lycus. 
I just don't care about the doors. I know that I'm supposed to, but I just don't. I mean, I care about some of the singles. I like Roadhouse Blues, and I like People Are Strange. That's kind of where I, that's, it's kind of the end of the road for me with the doors. I was obsessed with that um, with whiskey bar when I was like in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I had actually a, a few year obsession with Jim Morrison. You know, I, the thing about Jim Morrison is, I'll give you this: he had a certain charisma. Mm-hmm. He had a vibe. I'll give you that. I just there's something about the Doors music that just doesn't resonate with me. I don't know why it is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel bad, but that you will realize though as you get older that every band you listen to, all the music you love, was all done by people who were 23 years old. No, I'm totally realizing that now because this is the first birthday I'm not really that excited about. Uh-huh. And I was talking to my mom and she's like, well, Sarah, you're not 15 anymore. It's not like all presents galore. It's oh, like, yeah. look, you're getting close to 30. Advancing notches of doom is all it is. Do you realize that by the time... J- I don't want to realize anything else. Here, let me my just My eyes this. have been opened. Do you realize that Jimmy Page... Do you realize that Jimmy Page wrote and recorded Stairway to Heaven when he was 23? Okay. Regardless of what one thinks of Stairway to Heaven, that is really one of the crowning moments in rock. I mean, one of the most important rock recordings ever. 23. F him. F him right in the ear. With a steel dildo. Can you say that? I don't know. We're going to dump it. Now nobody will ever know. Now nobody will ever know if I can say that on the air. You can say that. What's wrong with you? Is, the, is it the dildo part? Is that what pushed that over the edge? <laughs> now nobody will know if I can say it because I bleeped it. We're going to break now. I'm going to go drink heavily. Back after this, The Rick Emerson Show. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of The Rick Emerson Show. And I'm going to play a little something here. I don't say it's a downer. It's kind of mellow. This is our, our good friend Seamus hooked me up with this. Um, if you want to feel old, it was 16 years ago, I think last week, that Nevermind by Nirvana was released. Two weeks after that, it went gold. And uh, for good or for bad, nothing uh, was really ever the same after that. And it does get difficult to hear those songs after a while because you can't hear past the pop cultureness of them. And it's good to sort of reset those and hear those songs in a different light to sort of appreciate how powerful they were. So we're going to play this. This is from our good friend Seamus 16 years ago. Never Mind by Nirvana came out. We'll back after this on the Rick Emerson Show to wrap things up.
the Rick Emerson radio program. I'll tell you what, you That's play cool. that you play that in a dark room, you'll be looking under your bed for monsters <laughs> for two weeks. So there you go. That's a Belgian girls choir, actually. That's pretty disturbing. Has that been used in a horror movie or anything? It hasn't, but they, you know, they do that. They do Creep by Radiohead. They do. Um, oh, that must be awesome. It's amazing. It's some of the most amazing music. So there you go. So Nirvana, never mind, 16 years ago. That's so old. We went to that CNN radio correspondent, Bob Costantini, Jim Roop, Ed McCarthy. Tomorrow, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran, and Dennis Pittsburgh join us. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, the PA Scotty, Jay, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Like us next. Donna Mike at 7. Like us 101 today at 5. See you all tomorrow. The Watch out for snakes. Bye now.